Yo, what's up? Welcome to the OK Beast Podcast, episode 9. I hope to God that this is episode 9. I didn't just, like, screw that up, and this is actually episode 10, and the viewer is not confused. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye. Joining me this week is, from Irrational Passions, Alex O'Neill, with two L's. Is that correct? That is correct. O'Neill with two L's. That is Alex awesome. I've been writing Ill. it with one L this whole time. Yeah, well, one ill. One yeah. ill, Alex. One ill. That's two L's. One ill. One ill. Motherfucker. Dude, you need to do. You need to do a show called One Ill, Alex. Uh, or two, I, two. Actually, call it Two Ill, Alex, since you have two L's, and it'll be yeah. like the whole. Yeah. And you're I, too Ill. In Disney World, when they called my family for our table, they said, "Can we have the One Ill family?" Uh, yes, the One Ill family. And I mean, keep in mind, it's Disney World. You know, how many times do you think you see the name O'Neill at the happiest right. place on earth? Probably like once ever. <laughs> that is awesome. So, yeah, it's got two L's. And so, one ill, if you want to just spell it out in your head, there you go. Don't forget. That is that is awesome. Alex, so people might know you from Irrational Passions. No one knows who I am. It's fine. Dude, every, every, everybody knows who you. Even like, I'll. You you like have dinner on with or not on with Greg Miller? Maybe well, on Greg Miller. Who he, knows? he didn't see the photo afterwards. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. On a on a regular basis, I, I see. Like once. <laughs> you 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 know Greg Miller on a first name basis. Most people know him on a two name basis. If you, if you catch, my it's drift. true. It's true. I do call him Greg sometimes, and people are yeah. like, "Who the who are you talking about?" I'm like, "Oh, Greg Miller." <laughs> Yeah, like I saw my packs, I didn't even have the heart to call him Greg. I was like, uh, Mr. Miller, can I, can I, can I, <laughs> sir? Can I get a photo, please? Sir, please. Sir, <laughs> sir I, re- I very much appreciate your content. If you would kindly um, allow me to snap a Snapchat. Uh, so, yeah, people know you from Irrational Passions. What do you do over at Irrational Passions? Who are you, Alex? If people, if people are listening to the podcast and they don't know you, which I'm like, you're awesome and crazy at the same time, you should check out Irrational Passions. Um, who are those people? Or wh- who are you? <laughs> What do those who are, need they, to know who about are these people? Who are you? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, what is life? Um, I am Alex O'Neill. I am a I'm a I'm a video games freelance writer. I founded a website called irrationalpassions.com. People might have heard of it. It has been yelled on many a podcast in many like a different situation. I don't know. It's, I've permeated that name in a way that I didn't think I ever would. Uh, rationalpassions.com, uh, home of the Irrational Passions podcast, which is probably, I, I feel like that's where most people know me from. I, uh, so I founded that with a couple of my friends. I host that podcast. I do a bunch of other stuff as well. I like, for example, I host an OC rewatch podcast called the bro C. What is OC? It's a, it's a television show. Really? What does it stand for? Uh, Orange County. Interesting. So I've never heard of it. There's a show aired in 2003 for four seasons called The OC. It's a teenage drama. It's phenomenal. Take some time. Uh, the guy who plays uh, Jim Gordon on Gotham, terrible show, uh, but that actor played the main character uh, on The OC. Okay. That's the same guy who did. Um, who played the guy who wanted pictures of Spider-Man, right? I guess. <laughs> I don't, I'm actually no. I'm I'm very uh, there's a very confusing cinematic universe going on across all, all these um, movies slash TV. When you have okay, so <laughs> what's his name? I forget the name of the actor. J. Joe Dude Man- who played J.K. Simmons. Yeah, 
Jake J.K. Simmons. Yeah, he he got casted as Commissioner Gordon in the in Batman the cinematic movie. universe. In yeah. the cinematic universe. Yeah, uh, Gotham. I haven't watched. I haven't seen an episode of, of Gotham. And so it's terrible. It's a terrible, assume, terrible TV show. My sister loves it, and my sister it, it is not like a fan of superheroes at all. Like she watches Orange Is the New Black. And she has a baby and a husband, but she also watches Gotham, which blows my mind because let me, dude, I'm like, let me set it up for you, blessing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take you on a, a wild journey. Gotham. Imagine, if you will, if if Batman was bad, <laughs> and as in like not good, not as in like evil, evil doer. Uh, and and Selena Kyle and Bruce Wayne were were childhood friends. And the Penguin was the Joker, and Jim Gordon was played by the guy from the OC. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy for me to imagine that Batman was um, bad because I've seen Batman v Superman, um, and Batman was yeah. bad in that. And yeah, so, yeah, super bad. Yeah, I mean, like super bad. Ben Affleck did a, did did okay with what he had, but like just a bad like, yo, I'm Batman. I'm yeah. a murder people. Okay, I mean, I feel like we jumped a little there. Yeah. I uh, I I think I dislike Batman more than most people. Most people like most people even dislike Batman v Superman. Actually, like they like Batman for the most part. They like Batman's a, was a well played character. He's okay. He's not and, great. Yeah, Ben Ben Affleck I think did a did a fine job as mm-hmm. Ben Affleck playing Batman. Yeah. Batman the writing for Batman I really didn't like Ooh, because bad. they turned him into a <gasps> um a comedy like basically like he yeah. was the he was the comic relief in the film which yeah, I like, very much didn't like. Yo, no one's gonna notice. A superstar billionaire guy going down in the Lex Luthor's basement in a treasure this thing. Yeah. <laughs> like he's up, he's oh, he's up in there doing just random stuff. He's being Batman, but he's like he's being Batman, he's, but he's not got the mask on. And people are like, you're, yeah, you're Bruce. Oh, you're Batman. It's like, yeah. Oh Jesus, what are you? Yeah. Of course, Gal Gal Gadot saw you. Gal, Gal Gadot. Gal Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Yeah, Gal Gadot. Okay, like uh, of course she saw you because you're just literally just standing in the middle of like a room with a glass door that everyone can see through, and you're attaching a little spy thing to it to this this like I don't know to his yeah. Ethernet port. So irrationalpassions.com. <laughs> home oh, yeah, of the irrational, what we're talking about. irrational passions podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean I'm, I'm I'm working on a bunch of new stuff. I I'm on Twitter at alfighter27. I don't know. I've showed up on a Sweet. bunch of stuff. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I get around. I'm a podcast maniac. Sweet. And I, uh, I saw Rational Passions has a shirt. Actually, is it sold out? Do you guys are you guys still selling that? It was shirt? A, it was a limited limited run. Okay, so. so you guys still don't. Have, if if you have an eBay account or a Craigslist account, you might want to find this shirt or something. <laughs> find a way to steal the shirt off a man's back. It's an awesome shirt. It has what it looks like an outline of a famous. Um, Internet uh, celebrity unnamed. <laughs> yes, an unnamed games personality uh, shouting rational passions, and so it's not. It's an it's an awesome shirt. I wish I could have got it, but your boy's on a budget. I don't even have shirts for 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 my hardcore um, passions, and so I don't know if I have them for my rational passions. Uh, so OK Beast is a brand dedicated to games culture and looking at how games fit within our culture. The OK Beast podcast is a gaming-centric show where a couple of friends come together and talk about what's going on in our world. If you like that, subscribe to us on your podcast service of choice. Visit OKBeast.com and follow at OKBeastNow on Twitter. Ian is once again absent this episode. Um, Oh, I'm going to talk shit on Ian, too. Oh, yeah. People listening got to get ready. 
I can't remember what he said he's doing. I think he's like at some Persona Five thing. I don't, I don't know. Oh, actually, no. I think he's at Tokyo Game Show. I have no idea. He's doing something. Uh, and it's so I, I'm laughing because you just corrected your name in the document. Um, I because did. I did spell it one L originally. Yeah. And it's too ill. But yeah, Ian's gone. Uh, and so we miss you, Ian. Uh, come back. And uh, yeah catch him on next episode along with another guest who i'm very excited for who i won't say on this episode in case something happens and they will you tell me i'll tell you okay i'll I'll tell you right now and i'll edit edit it out uh it's ali uh ali mushka yeah it's ali oh yeah i got a secret project youtubes i have a secret project coming with her yeah oh for real for real yeah i can tell you that you're gonna edit this out right no i'm I'm probably not i'm I'm probably gonna be too lazy all right i'll tell you i'll tell you later then okay (laughs) um so yeah that's okay beast um the podcast so here's the thing this episode we're doing things differently because we're trying out a different format for the show so in previous episodes the show has been more news focused and uh we had segments where we talk about the news we talk about what's going on on the side we talk about a lot of things but the podcast was a little bit bloated um and it left less room for conversation um which is what me and ian kind of settled on and so the format is a little bit different now. Uh, we're still going to do the segment where we talk about what, what we've been doing, what games we've been playing, what, what we've been up to, so we can keep up with our lives, keep up with what's going on. Uh, and then we'll actually move into topics. So each person will have a different topic that they bring and we talk about it. And so it can be about games. It can be about what's going on in the world culturally and then in nerd culture or regular culture. Who knows? Um, and then we'll get to questions and we'll call it a day. And so... We'll start off with what we've been up to this week. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I, I've gotten a lot back into Overwatch. I've been playing a lot of Overwatch. Um, the new season started. Uh, I've tried out the new map, um, which came out a while ago, but I finally tried it out, and it's fun. It seems kind of hard on attack, um, which is kind of what I've settled on so far, but so far I've enjoyed it. Um, having a lot of fun with Reaper. I I think I finally I finally realized that I think I'm a pretty good reaper. So you're a scrub lord. I'm a scrub lord. You're a big Is that what they call it? scrub lord. I know people call reaper edge lord. Do they use do they call people who use reaper scrub lord? Is that No, I'm just calling you a babby who can't actually play video games. Oh, dude. Dude, 1v1 me on Overwatch. Actually, I don't even know that's a thing. Yeah, if you're dude. playing reaper, you like literally can't lose. You I that's that's exactly how I feel like. <laughs> because i choose reaper and i'm literally just like going up to people and just telling them good night and putting them to sleep i got a pentakill uh, with reaper for the first time the other day and it's very satisfying it was good it was a good moment it almost feels too easy though that's the thing it almost it feels is like too easy because he's broken and not balanced and oh dude he's ma- do you know who's broken and not balanced uh actually no never mind he is balanced now. i was gonna say genji but they they nerfed the mess out of him yeah uh and actually i, I still can't stand roadhog Roadhog is like my... Oh, yeah. Every time I get hooked, I just get furious. Yeah. It's, it's very much infuriating. And so... Uh, actually, I'm not going to lie. I started using Roadhog the other day, even though I hate him. <laughs> because I was like, you know what? I got to learn how to use a heavy because Reinhardt isn't good in every situation. And so Roadhog has been the, been the route I've been going. And I've been enjoying him a little bit. I've been feeling a little bit like a hypocrite, though, because I swore to never use Roadhog because I hate him so much. But uh, he's been pretty decent. And so... Yeah, you've also I've, been playing Overwatch though, right? Oh yeah, I man, I never stopped playing Overwatch. I just kept going, even like when the, the competitive season wasn't going, and I was just playing quick play and hating myself because I preferred 
competitive way more than than quick play. Um, okay. I was still just playing, so I just can't stop myself anymore. I I stopped for a little bit um, because I kind of got tired of the competitive kind of environment. Uh, because there's there's a couple matches I went into where people were just tearing me apart in chat because I chose Hanzo, who apparently wasn't a good choice at the time. Um, at least in people's opinions, he wasn't. And I chose Torbjorn, which apparently in people's opinions wasn't a good choice at the time, even though I was on defense in Hollywood. And I thought he was the perfect choice in that situation. Uh, and I got kind of sick of it a little bit. And so I was like, you know what? I'm taking a break because I couldn't handle it. I'm not, I'm not a very big competitive person. I'm not really... I play call of duty a little bit but and i play rocket league quite a bit but all in all i don't really enjoy the competitive kind of environment for many games but overwatch has sort of changed that because uh one i can tear people apart as reaper and that feels good um because you I play are you playing it on uh, ps4 still ps4 yeah okay you play on ps4 correct yeah i just like i'm trying to like people are tearing you apart and what chat are they tearing you apart uh i mean i don't, I don't really want to name names I think we actually talked about this person though. Oh, I think yeah, talked, this, yeah, this yeah. The person we talked about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I was, who I was like, okay, I'm, I'm sick of this. I'm out of here. Oh, so like um, you were in like a party with somebody, and they were like, yeah, I was in parties. This I was in parties with people I know tearing me apart. Not That's like, not like the text chat. Yeah, funny fun fact though. Met that same dude at PAX. Said what's up to him, and um, and kind of went in on him a, a little bit. He's never um, very friendly to this. though. Yeah, no, you, you know, he he probably will. Um, but no, he's actually a very—he's a very nice dude in real life. Kind of sucks in Overwatch a little bit though, but very oh, nice guy. Oh, for sure, sucks in Overwatch. Yeah, yeah. and so uh, I have no quorum, quor- quarrels, no qualms. I have no qualms with him as a person. Yeah. He's an there awesome person. Uh, very nice looking young fellow. But yeah, okay. uh, that was sort of my Overwatch um, thing that I did last week. Deus Ex: Mankind Divided. I've been playing more of that. Yeah, it's me been, too, man. Dude, awesome game, isn't it? Like, it is like, or is it not? I yes, it is an awesome video game. Okay, there's it is full of plenty of problems. Uh, My main problem is that it runs horribly for me. Apparently, apparently for some other people, it, it runs fine on PS4. Hmm. I've definitely hit spots where, it's, where it gets framey, but nothing like game breaking by any means. Interesting. Yeah, my game, my game has crashed like twice. Maybe your um, PS4 is like blown up. I don't know. It's only with Deus Ex Mankind Divided, though. And in Prague, like, the slowdown is significant. Yeah, that's um, weird. That's weird. But otherwise, it's been pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, you've been you've been liking it? Yeah, where are you at in that game? I Where am I at? Um, I've there, been doing a bunch of side missions, so I'm not even sure where I'm at in the main story. There are, like, uh, there are instances where you leave the kind of, like, hub area to go... Mm-hmm like off to like a completely different area and those are kind of like the end of each act have you done one yeah. of those yet i've done i think i've done that once right now it's nighttime in Prague. yeah so so it's like it's, it's daytime and then nighttime and then it's like mm-hmm. rain, it's like raining nighttime for the third part that's really? where that I, that's, cool. that's where i'm at okay it is i don't want to like ruin it for you it is cool but like there's a part of it that really sucks <laughs> really um yeah it's like so my problem with that if you want to just like get get right into it um i like i love it like as a video game it is awesome like it's a super good playing game especially because like i played uh human rev just before 
playing this. Like I, I bought this, and then I started playing Human Revolution. Terrible, really? terrible idea. Really, Human he, Revolution. I don't know if it's aged well. It is not. It's a bad game. Bad game. Yeah, that's what I thought. thought. Dude, I. Fun fact: Human Revolution. I put that game on my list of my favorite games of all time. It's like in like the twenties. Did you play the director's cut? No, I just play like the regular version. Raw Dog first version. Did you play Stealth? I I think I did like half and half. I think half I started. I did like the first half just shooting everybody because I didn't know what I was doing. In the second half, I did Stealth. Yeah, I did all Stealth. Sucks, not balanced. Um, mm-hmm. like, uh, the director's cut is apparently better balanced, but man, just like really. Man, everything everything that game did well, Human Rev, that is, uh, it did, like, something equally as terrible. Um, and that's, like, that, that kind of, like, sullied me. I should not have played that game, especially because it's, like, mm-hmm. a very nice eight-minute recap video right in Mankind Divided. Just, like, catch you up. All the important stuff. None of that stuff from Human Rev matters anyway. Like, all you need to know is David Seraph's name. Like, that's literally it. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and, like, the thing that happens at the end. Um, I like Mankind Divided never goes all the way with the prejudice stuff. Like, really, it's like at least where I'm at. Uh, I mean, I I'm almost done the game, so I I'm positive that it's not going to go anywhere with it. Uh, but like, it, it sets up this really awesome world where it's like you know. Obviously, it's it's very much leaning into current events of like you know all lives matter or whatever terrible ad campaign, but like this segregation and discrimination, especially like happening in Prague, is huge and it's important and it's like mirroring things that have happened in the past. But like it's always just a backdrop. Like they never, it never matters, right? Like to you, you're a dude with fucking robot arms. But mm. no one's discriminating against you, like no one's oh, yeah. di- no one's saying it's shit to Adam Jensen. It's just the people like stopping you at the at the checkpoints. He's like, oh, let me check your like, papers. And he's like, oh, he's I like, don't yeah. want to piss somebody off. And then he just lets yeah, you exactly. go. And like you're seeing like people in the streets getting beaten by the police. And it's like, I maybe it wouldn't be like a fun video game, but it would be like interesting to approach it from the perspective of like them attack, like the police being like outright attacking you or against you or something like that. Um, and like again, like this whole man, all all these people are being discriminated, and you're one of them. But like for some other reason, you're not being discriminated. You don't have a tough at all. Uh, you have like this lavish apartment with like this thousand inch television in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like none of your opinion doesn't ever really matter in regards to uh, discrimination against aug- augmented folks. And like it never really comes up. Like it came up yeah. once in the entire like 30 hours I've put in the game. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah. I agree. I, I, I mean, I agree for the most part. Um, I, I did commend it. Like, I tweeted, I want to say either last week or a couple weeks ago, um, a picture, a screenshot from the game, because it was I was early in the game, and basically, I mean, spoilers for the first hour or whatever, mm-hmm. um, there's, like, a side mission in the start, or it might be part of the main mission, I can't remember, but you're talking to this police officer, and you're you're trying to get through, you're trying to get to a certain area of the city, and the police officer doesn't let you because you don't have certain papers, yep. um, and these papers are, and he's basically trying to, like, to get money out of you because you're you're an augmented person um and he's able to do that because you're an augmented person and so 
basically he's a corrupt police officer then you you go the way i played it at least i've been listening to other podcasts and apparently people just straight up shoot the police which yeah, that's what like, i tried to I do like, yeah i did like a whole like thing where i i went found whoever's selling these papers uh it's, it was literally that's, like a, that's what like i ended 40, up doing yeah yeah and it was like a whole like 45 minute thing of like sneaking into this to this house um finding this person then doing some stuff for that person and then coming back and and so i ended up talking to another police officer um and telling her about how her colleague is doing this bad thing or whatever and is being a, a corrupt officer and while i'm having this conversation with this female officer in the background there is a sign that basically says all humans like all human lives matter and under it there's some like dog i'm talking about how the law um applies to yeah, yeah i know exactly i had this exact moment yeah yeah and i was like i was like huh that's interesting and i even found it more interesting and i didn't know whether this was purposeful or not that that sign was in the background in that specific moment where i'm mm. talking to this police officer about um corruption within um being an author- authority um and so i thought i was cool i took a screenshot and i posted it and i kind of i kind of went on a whole thing about it uh and like, yeah, it doesn't really go all the way, but I commended it for at least like touching on it at least a little bit because yeah. I feel like games in general kind of stay away from those kind of kinds of topics. And so my thing was like, I hope more games kind of touch on more real issues. Like the re- issues don't even have to be like race or inequality or or I mean any I mean it does it do, it doesn't have to be one topic, but it, it, but I feel like games will be taken more seriously when they at least allude to different serious topics that are present in the real world that people that, that maybe not, maybe not into games um, who are maybe not into games can kind of look at and be like, Oh, that's cool. Oh, I can relate to that. Oh, I see that happen every day. Um, I think more serious topics being touched on in a more interesting way, in a more serious way can go a long way. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I, I I also do wish that they would do more with that stuff because yeah, you as Alex Jensen, um, or Alex, Je- what's his name? Adam Jensen. Adam Jensen. We can I was call like, him wait, Alex, Alex Jensen if you want. Yeah, I think I'm thinking. I'm thinking about you. Um, <laughs> you're Alex Jensen since you're playing as Adam Jensen. But yeah. no, you as a player as Adam Jensen don't really feel it too much, uh, except for the checkpoints, which after a while just get annoying. Which I think is the point. So I appreciate that as like a point of like, oh yeah, being this oppressed person is kind of annoying. Well, if you but, take I mean, the, if you take like the aug. Mm-hmm. Um, pathways in the checkpoints they don't stop you but if you try and take the the non-aug they do stop really? you yeah i didn't realize that i was just like going nice to, little I, touch yeah. again like uh That's my thing enough. is it's great set dressing but it feels kind of disingenuous to only go halfway right like it's mm-hmm. like we're gonna it's it's kind of manipulative like we're gonna make like this super interesting world that has uh discrimination and, and racism in it but we're never ever really gonna directly address it we're just gonna kind of use it to make our world feel more authentic and Mm -hmm. i think like that's a definitely like a glass half empty kind of way of looking at it of like this is more manipulative and and just trying to to cash in on current events which i think there Mm -hmm. there's definitely like there's earnest behind this um but like, if you don't lean into it, if you don't actually embrace it and try and tell a story with that in mind, uh, then it it, uh, it definitely comes off as disingenuous. Yeah, I think to me, it originally came off as disingenuous. Yeah, disingenuous because 
of the Augs Lives Matter thing or like yeah. the All Human Lives Matter thing because that is very much a slogan taken out of current time, current day, like something that we all know, um, alluding to the Black Lives Matter stuff. If they didn't include that stuff, I think I would have appreciated it more. But with that stuff in there, it does feel like, oh, okay, well, they're just trying to stay relevant or they're trying to touch, they're trying to connect with an audience that, um, sees this stuff and can say like oh man they're doing that man they they they're making references to this thing i know um mm-hmm. it does feel disingenuous in that way um yeah. and yeah i feel you i I, it, I mean it is a glass half full half empty kind of thing um, yeah it's it's so. like you know the story about the story of this game is about like the augmented terrorists with cold masks like fucking shit up mm-hmm. uh but it could have been about racism and discrimination and like that could have been the the main thrust, and it's not. So that's just like that's yeah. the reality of it, and it's it's disappointing. But like you know, like I said, there there's heart, there's earnest there. So it's not it's yeah. not all bad. Yeah, I very much appreciate it. Fun fact: at PAX, I went to the Deus X panel um, with the voice actor for Jensen, um, and yeah, I asked I asked him actually how he felt about playing a character who's supposed supposedly in this like oppressed people group. Uh, and whatnot. And he touched. He touched on that a little bit. He didn't. I mean, he didn't really say anything like too special. He kind of said what basically. I. I mean, what I was thinking of like, oh yeah, it's cool that you can see video games touch on these certain kinds of topics. Um, but yeah, I thought that was cool that he was pretty um, cognitive of it. Also, uh, I've also been playing. Um, I started Freedom Wars. I played like thirty minutes of Freedom Wars. I created my character, who then kind of glitched out, and my my lips were white for some reason. I made Ooh. a black character. My lips were white. So I deleted that, that save. That scary. <laughs> it, it was kind of, it was halfway cool, but then I was like, no, this isn't how I wanted it anyway. So I went back and created and made him, gave him regular black person lips, um, <laughs> which Good. I need to talk, I need to make a topic out of that <laughs> later on, like creative, created characters, creative, created black characters, because usually in creative character modes, like most of the time, usually there's an issue with creating a black character because either there's not enough options specifically for hair um Mm. hair is always a problem with me i can't find the right hair for black characters ever um you know in other things but yeah had to go back change my character gave him regular black lips um (laughs) and yeah i went back i played more of the game on vita uh so far it seems cool uh it seems like a monster hunter kind of thing and so but that's and that's also not really my thing and i wasn't really expecting that i'm playing freedom wars very randomly because i finished persona 4 and i'm trying to find another game to play on my vita and it's very difficult and so on my bus rides now i'm just on my phone because can't find anything else to do on that vita um which i'm sure there is but it's hard to replace i can can give you some recommendations it is hard it's it's, you can't replace persona 4 so yeah ian started playing persona 3 which i guess you can do but Persona three is a f- do, but. we're 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 gonna get to where Ian is. <laughs> nice. Yeah. A whole segment right. of this podcast is just gonna be me <laughs> talking shit on Ian. I'm he, I'm I'm gonna make sure he listens to this one. Uh, and I also I went to PAX, which I haven't talked about yet. Yeah. Um, PAX was fun. PAX was great, actually. PAX was uh, terrible no, for me because y'all were having fun, and I was at home looking dude, at you. Where, all you, where fun. were you at? I was sitting here. I was working every day. Dude, I met so life. many people at PAX. It was yeah. great. Uh, shout out to Zyger, Kaylee Woomer. Uh, may I, should I say last names? I guess people's last names are on People know who, who Zyger and Kaylee are. Yeah, Zyger, Kaylee, Trevor. A lot of people from the Kind of Funny community. 
Um, I met some people from the IGN community. Uh, I went to podcast the Podcast Beyond panel, uh, which was great, featuring Greg Miller, um, Alana Pierce, Marty Sleva, and Andrew Gofarb. Andrew Gofarb is a is an adorable person. He, I adorable love Andrew so much. Yeah, he had on a Yasugami High School shirt, and I, w- I wanted to tell him that, like, dude, I just beat Persona Four like the day before I came to PAX. Um, uh, I f- I forgot to actually there was like too many people talking to him and I was like I don't, I don't feel like climbing through all these people to, to talk to somebody but uh that was fun dude the IGN guys really nice like yeah. had you uh, not met Marty, them before no no actually um oh. it was my first time seeing them well no actually I I went to IGN first Fridays which is a thing at IGN where they let people in the IGN offices and give them a tour went to that and on my way in I saw Marty and I want to say Andrew, actually. I saw Marty and Andrew leave for lunch on the way out, mm-hmm. and I didn't get to talk to them at all. Damn. But, yeah, I saw Marty and Andrew, um, and they hung out um, for a bit. And I actually did, now that I think about it, I did get to talk to Andrew and Marty for, for a good while, but I never brought up Persona 4. I think I forgot, and I wanted to bring it up later, and I wasn't able to. Um, but, yeah, talked to Marty and Andrew, hung out. Um, favorite part about PAX is uh, met Tim, Giddy, Tim Gettys. I'm like I'm I be, I somehow became a bigger Tim Gettys fan. Tim Gettys from Kind of Funny. Now I'm a bigger Tim Gettys fan because I was a huge Tim Gettys fan before. Yeah. Uh, because I love that dude. Has great taste in music. Uh, he kind of reminds me. I if I relate to anybody from Kind of Funny, I relate to him specifically. Uh, because he has like a young spirit about him. Um, he has nostalgia for the same things I have nostalgia for. Uh, great dude. Met him at PAX. That dude is very nice. Like yeah. a like a really cool, very very nice guy, and like Greg Miller is nice also, and I also met him very briefly. Uh, but Tim Getty specifically, like he like remembered me from Facebook, which was a thing that I didn't know could happen. Uh, <laughs> I post in the kind of funny Facebook group all the time. Yeah. Um, and he saw and he uh heard my name, and I was and it was like, oh dude, you have the baby picture and stuff, and I was like, really, did not realize that you were aware of my existence, which is pretty awesome. Um, so I talked to him a little bit, and he, yeah, he's pretty cool. Um, Gia, Tim Tim's girlfriend. Now I'm getting super inside baseball. It was kind of funny. Tim's girlfriend, very nice lady. Um, met actually met all their girlfriends. They're all very nice ladies. I had um, uh, yeah, I had brunch with Gia and a bunch of other folks once. Very very weird. Very nice. Yeah, I played cards with Gia and Aaron and a couple other people. Um, a million dollars dollars butt game, which is which was very fun. Sounds good. Um, but um, as far as games I played, I played uh. Crap, what was it? Gears Gears of War Horde Mode. Fun fact. I I've never played Gears of War before. Before this PAX. Wow. And so I played the new Gears of War Horde mode, which was actually really fun. Gears is awesome, man. Yeah. I've always been a PlayStation person and a Nintendo person, so I never got the opportunity. Yeah, so, Gears of War was like basically the reason I got a three sixty. I bought it for Gears of War two. Um, I understand that. Yeah. Like co op, that that was super fun. It's way to play. And it seems to be mechanically fun. And so played that, was great. Played Destiny multiplayer for some reason. Yeah, um, what, there is what's reason wrong with you? Are you to, okay? <laughs> to get somebody a code, basically. That's why I played it. Okay. Um, and so did that. Uh, you going to get on that that um, that Iron Rise of Iron? I got there. Dude, uh, honestly, I don't even that? like Destiny. Okay. I love that. So I, I, I stood in line for a good 20 minutes to play a game that's to already To fill your entire like. body with regret and remorse. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Um, but the multiplayer match wasn't actually that bad. Okay. Uh, Destiny has great shooting. and so Yeah. 
feels really real good yeah um man did i play, did i even play i didn't play many games at pack do you play final fantasy 15 no i'm not even, i'm not even hyped for it because i'm not a final fantasy fan okay that's fair i feel like that was like that's the biggest one that i know there that i would have liked to have played there was one game that I don't know the the name for, but it was a weird game where you it wasn't even a controller. You would have like this it's almost like a fight stick. Um just a bunch of colored buttons like that light up and change colors. And basically it's a it's a, a two player game. Simon where, says I figured it out. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> it. Actually now that you say it, it, it is kinda of like Simon says. Um you would have two characters on screen running running um sideways um across different screens and you would have different activities you would do and you would press buttons to do those activities um the buttons would be colored and so on the screen it would light up green to shower and you would look for the green button on the pad and you press green and you shower um and the first person to hit it would get the point for that um and so like on the pad the colors would change and you'd have to basically like basically basically simon says you press the button to do certain things but the thing is across the game as you're playing the game the buttons would kind of they wouldn't tell you what each button did anymore and you'd have like 12 16 different things that each of the different colors colored buttons would do and so you had to like keep up with being like okay i can shower how do i shower is it red no it's not red red is to pee um is it blue no blue is to do a head spin i don't know and basically you had to get more points than the other person by memorizing what these different button functions are um, but it was very difficult. Very fun though. Um, I thought that was cool. Didn't remember the name though. Um, but weird yeah, shower was... pee buttonhole game. Exactly. Got it. Then there was uh, what's that game that's like F Zero? That's that's out for the week. I've heard I've heard about this. I don't know yes. the name of it. I can't remember the name of it, and I wish I wrote this stuff down because <laughs> this stuff was like three three weeks ago. This is why um, you I wasn't even notes. I wasn't even playing I wasn't even playing them to like talk about them, yeah. but. Uh, but you're here now. Yeah, now I'm now I'm here. Now I'm talking about him. Basically, look up Wii U game like F Zero, and it'll probably come up. Um, <laughs> it looks really cool. Um, and so, yeah, played that a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess. Oh, I played um, Lawbreakers. Played one match of Lawbreakers. Oh, okay, pretty yeah. fun. That's Cliff Klazinski's game. Yeah, I want to say. Yeah, that sounds uh, good. Yeah, so that was pretty fun. But yeah, hung out at PAX. I didn't even I didn't even want to talk too much about PAX, but um, PAX was fun, so I thought I'd mention it. PAX about the and people, man. If you if you met good people, then then it was worth it. Yeah, and that's what I did. Um, made some good friends, made a lot of Seattle friends, um, which I needed to, to do. And lastly, I'm working on a video series, which I've been doing this week, and so uh, I'm very excited about that. The first video should be coming soon. I am so excited about it. It might suck once i get finished with it but we shall see so far it looks like it's gonna be all right though yeah. um yeah right there, and right actually this episode's coming out monday so hopefully maybe i'll finish the first video by then um but the video series is called wired um which hopefully i don't get sued for using that name but yeah chris Kohler just comes after you yeah i just get a get a large white man bust down my door i mean i don't even know if chris whatever his name is is a large white man i just assume that if you own the name wired you're a large white man he's just he's an editor correct. at wired.com that's all i know that's all you need to know how do you have that knowledge that was i feel like that's very specific knowledge to have i've applied to wired.com and chris Kohler was one that uh, responded to me oh that's awesome yeah so that man just busts down my door and he's like why are you using this name but no um 
basically the hook behind it is taking taking a look behind the games. And so I got the name Wired. Well, one, I got it from Kanye West through the wire because I wanted to make it a, a music reference. And I was like, Kanye West is my favorite artist through the wire is one of his most memorable songs. Yeah. Um, good point. Good pick. And then if you look behind your consoles, there's wires all behind it. And so I was like, you know what? Let's just call it Wired. I look behind the games. And so and- it'll be... Basically, I'm trying. I'm trying my hardest to rip off um, Daniel Dwyer's "The Point" that he did with Gamespot, um, but I'm not as talented as Daniel Dwyer, and so um, expect <laughs> expect the very generic, dumbed down version of that. I like um, that Dan- Daniel Dwyer is also going to be ripping off Daniel Dwyer's "The Point" from Gamespot, which is hilarious. Which is awesome, actually. I can't wait for that. I'm yeah. really excited for that because I love "The Point." Yeah. Um, Her good things. So yeah. Yeah. That's what I've been up to. Um, Alex, what have you been up to this week? We talked about Tayson's <laughs> and Overwatch, but yeah, we did. Yeah, we, we got other stuff. To, let's uh, let's talk about Ian. Let's do it. Uh, I don't know how has he talked on this show about his experience with Persona Four. So last week we released our Persona Four spoiler cast. Okay, and uh, I mean he was fairly positive on the game. We did talk for a long time about the ending and how he kind of he was he felt really burnt by the ending um and i felt i also felt kind of burnt by the ending like the original ending not like the true ending um the original ending situations um and yeah he's i think he's a lot more burnt on it than i am i kind of grew to be like yeah it's whatever um true ending we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, so for just for reference so people don't think i'm like just going after this dude I have I have sat and talked with Ian both in Twitter DM and in PlayStation chat for like totally in like two hours about this. And I told him he's wrong and he knows he, he's admitted that he is stupid and wrong. So we're going to lean into this. Uh, so and I'll, I'll try not to spoil it for folks who, who have not um, finished the game. Uh, so th- this is Ian messaged me. When he finished, or quote unquote, finished the game initially, he sent me a, he sent me a tweet saying like, "Is it wrong that I got the bad slash neutral ending to Persona Four and I feel cheated?" And I was like, "Okay, I, I need to know more. Need to know more." So uh, he followed up with me in direct message, and I, I asked him a few questions. Basically, found out that he had filled the requirements to get the true ending, and then he could go back in the game. Uh, and and basically get that ending. I'm like, you should do that. It'll be worth it. Now I was under the impression that Ian had gone to March four, March twentieth, uh, which is the final day of the game, and finished it and just gotten the the normal ending, and and was like, oh man, I I, I kind of wish there was more. No, no, Ian is far far stupider than this. Far more <laughs> dumb than this. So that basically, there's a scenario for folks who don't know. Let me take you on a journey. There's a scenario in Persona 4 Golden and the original on December 3rd, one of the days in the game, where it's like, hey, there's going to be some plot points that happen today. We're, we're, things are going to happen, and we think you should save. Uh, basically telling you almost flat out that like you can get a bad ending if you mess up what goes on today. Uh, it tells you this, makes you save, then lets you continue on. Then you go through the day... You have to make a bunch of different dialogue choices. If you fuck it up, you you get like it cuts right to the ending. Uh, one of the bad endings, bad endings. Emphasis on bad endings here, and then plops you out to the title screen, pretty much. Uh, very obviously, not the actual ending of the game. Like, 
I like I I for some odd reason Ian and I don't know because I apparently you two had talked about this at, at some point as well. Uh, I can understand being frustrated with how December third rolls out, right? Yeah. You know, you get I think it's seven questions. You have to answer each question correctly um, in order to basically progress to the next plot point, uh, or else it plops you into one of the bad endings. You have to start over. Uh, it's it's a tedious, but I wouldn't call it like game ruining. But like Ian had assumed that that this was like a legitimate ending, and I'm like, no, it's just like, oh, you messed up. You know, it's like uh it's like I'm trying to think of the more recent comparison. Um, in a We Happy Few, for example, uh, that you get a choice right at the beginning of that game, uh, where you, you have the option to take this pill or not take the pill. If you take the pill, it actually just rolls credits right there at the beginning <laughs> of the game, which is awesome. Which mm-hmm. is so good. So you can quote unquote end the game right away, but it's very very much not the actual ending. I like I like I don't understand where someone how someone could get lost in that train of thought and and see this very abrupt bad feeling ending and be like, well, I guess that's the end of the game. Um, and I tried to tell that to Ian and he kept saying like, well, it's it's an ending. And then like I made him look it up and he read it. And I was like, oh, that's just the bad ending. And I'm like, yeah, no shit, buddy. <laughs> uh, so like if if that frustrated you on a level of like, well, this is really easy to mess up and now I have to reload my save and, and like basically fast forward for two minutes to get back to this dialogue option. Like, okay, sure, but it is not I feel like it's not a game ruining experience. Are yeah. you with me on this? I mean, I'm kinda with you to where I like I did that ending. I got the bad ending. Mm-hmm. Um and then, like, I actually, I stopped playing the game for, like, a day. And I was like, well, I guess I'm done. That ending sucked. <laughs> then I was like, then I was like, well, I didn't get the true ending. And so, well, I mean, I obviously didn't get the true ending. So I went online to figure out, okay, well, do I have to, like, replay the game to get the true ending? Because so that sucks. I went back and I was like, oh, I just have to answer these questions, right? So I went back and did it. The true ending actually is probably one of my favorite. and Actually, maybe my favorite ending. Uh, actually, no, it's not my favorite ending. But it's it's one of the best endings I've definitely, like, played through. Um, mm-hmm. in a game but mm-hmm. the the whole multiple ending situation i didn't like because i'm like dude like obviously like the game i mean it's almost it's pretty much like like you said the game doesn't really wrap up if you get one of like the original like um december 3rd endings yeah whatever like because there's like a whole mystery that starts to like to come up um yeah. in the months before that and there's like these things that kind of aren't explained um and then once you get one of those not true endings, the game is very it ends very abruptly. Yeah, um, I mean, like here, here's my thing because yeah. I've I've done many Persona spoiler casts, talked many about Persona Four. For folks who don't know, Persona Four Golden is my favorite game of all time. Um, obviously, I'm I'm very defensive of it, but I'm like I'm not so unreceptive to is like think it's it's without fault or or without criticism or or that it it can rub people the wrong way. I just like I I everyone that I've talked to fucked up December third the first time they did it. I did. Mm. I, f- I fucked it up twice before I got it right. Um, and like Ian was trying to make this argument of like, why would your character do this? Like b- basically, the final option involves you like yelling down your your party members. Uh, and like the whole the whole series of questions just has you pick up pick out the obvious standout answer. Uh, the one that's different from the other two or three. 
Um, and the last one is like you saying like everybody calm the hell down. Uh, it's the only time your your character ever gets aggressive. And he's like, why would my character ever do that? He's so chill throughout the game. It's like exactly this is a very big important plot point for your character where he has to actually hmm. take charge as the leader. It's it's the time where you're like, are you are we seriously going to cross the line between what we've been trying to stop this whole time and being like the people who are trying to do the right thing. And I like, I think it's effective if you, especially if you look at it that way Um, Mm -hmm. and not understanding why that is like the correct dialogue is like not understanding the game and your relationship with your party members, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. And like I said, I've talked to a lot of people who have played this game. Everyone that I know fucked this up the first time they did it. Uh, no one like thought that that was like the ending of the game. It's like it's the game tells you to save beforehand. The game tells you that this is coming. Uh, it very much feels different than everything else in the game, and like the ending is so abrupt and so wrong that like you know the the thing about bad endings is that they make you feel in a way that you ask questions. And if you're asking questions, then then maybe there's more to it. Like the one thing I do like about the true ending, like even past like the neutral ending, which you can get after getting through this point, is that it leaves you with answers, right? It doesn't leave you with any questions. Um, but there is like a neutral ending where if you like, man, if if I think about this a little bit more, maybe I have a couple questions left, and you you can find out that you can go back in and and get that and like. I just like I cannot understand being frustrated with something that is so obviously trying to point you in the direction of like going back and trying something different. Hmm. Like and I like you know what if if that's like your breaking point maybe the game wasn't for you to begin with like but like I it, it's the, that game is so obviously about its characters and its experience that like if you were like well, this is the bad ending, and this is how it ends, and walked away. Like, even you said, like, you you stepped away for a day, but came back because you still had questions, right? Like, I th- that's, that's the response it's trying to evoke in you. It's not trying to tell you that it's over. It's trying to tell you that there's more left for you to explore. Yeah. And I feel like if you yeah. put the game down after fucking up December 3rd, like, that's your own fault. Like, that's no one's fault but your own. And if you didn't want to try something different, then, like, that game was never for you. Like, I firmly believe that. That's a fair point. That's a fair um, point. For folks who don't know, pass that. So, like, there's essentially one requirement for getting the true, true ending, uh, which is to complete one social link with one of the characters. Yeah, that Both- one I missed, and so... I'm yeah, that's I that. that sucks. I, I feel like that's that's a hard one to miss. It's the new character for Golden. Uh, she kind of stands out. Really? Pre- yeah. Um, I didn't even know, I didn't realize she was in, she. She was not in the original version of the game. Huh. Um, they incorporated her so well, and like all the the like the um, there's a bunch of stuff that's in Golden that's not in the original game that you probably wouldn't believe isn't in the original game. That's how the well only it's thing, incorporated. Yeah, like I went. The only thing I I knew was different was that Chie's voice actor was different because mm-hmm. I went back and I listened to some podcasts about Persona 4 Golden. Mm-hmm. And so I went back and listened to Chie's original voice acting and man, she is she sounds so different. She's like a different person. It is she's it's very different. Weird. I like yeah. I I played through all of Persona 4 and all of Persona 4 Golden. So it was 
Teddy's also a different voice actor. Interesting. Um, yeah. But like so a, weird, but cool. the motorcycle, everyone getting motorcycles is new to Golden, for example. Really? Is the, o- the up is close and personal City? plan, if you remember. Really? That's new. That's new to that's Golden. Awesome. Uh, Marie is new to Golden. Um, the f- school festival concert where you all learn instruments and play concert, that's new to Golden. Mm. The ski trip is new to Golden. The beach trip huh. is new to Golden. Um, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, there's a lot all of those things. Like, all of it feels additions, like supernatural, right? Like it feels. Those additions are like are amazing to me because those were the Valentine's parts Day that, is like, new to Golden as well. Those were the parts that made that game awesome for me. That made that game memorable because like you spend all your time with these different people, like building your social links, and this the the beach trip, the snow trip, the snowboarding trip, or whatever. Like mm-hmm. that stuff gave you memories, which I feel like if you didn't have those those things. Like the memories would be less significant that you have with with those characters. Like, did you go yeah. to the um, the other school in the yeah. original Persona Four? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So I had that. So um, like, there's like there's plenty of stuff that is still in there. They just essentially added more of scenes like this. Like the um the school camping trip is in the original, right? That's like the first one. Um, there is some summer vacation thing. I forget. Like, oh, this this summer festival is in the original. Yeah. Um, the uh, the going to the inn, uh, okay. the Amagi yeah. Inn is in the original. So like those are in the game. Like there are still a lot of those just that have always been there. They just basically added more, and they're mm-hmm. so well done and well incorporated that they feel like natural extensions of the Dude, game. That's awesome. Yeah, that's like what I was concerned about uh, going into Golden was that like they would add stuff and it would feel like it would was inserted, but like they did it so well, like. I, it, that never happens in remakes of games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, if you uh, if you do one social link, uh, you get the option to do an extra dungeon in February of that game, and then uh, assuming you finish that dungeon, you can you can get the true ending, which includes an epilogue that is just man, so many feels. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try and go back and do it at some point. Maybe not soon, but at some point I will. It's worth because it. I'm not I'm not ready to put another. 10 or 15 or how many other hours into it yet but i will be soon i'm gonna want to jump back into it soon and so i will yeah but if like i just if your gut reaction to playing persona 4 is to like and messing up like like you made the mistake of messing up on december 3rd uh even if it's like i know it's like frustratingly ambiguous and if you want to like have a conversation about how weird those questions are and how weird that that exists in the game like you know, it is a game from 2008, 2007 in Japan. It's a very old mm-hmm. game, and that's, like, pretty much the one part of it that I think doesn't hold up. Uh, I just, like, mm-hmm. don't think it's a big deal. And if you want to, like, sit there and complain on Twitter and complain to me, like, the Persona guy about it, like, then you shouldn't have played that game to begin with because that game wasn't for you. And if, like, your reaction from you fucking up was to just complain about it and say it ruined your whole experience, then, like... I don't I don't know what to tell you, man. That game is yeah. so many more magical moments than the one moment you were frustrated with. So See, now I wish he was on this episode. Yeah. I, I mean I, I I've said I've said all of this to Ian and he told me that he didn't really have a good retort to it. So <laughs> uh now Ian Ian also been out there saying Persona three is better than Persona Four and he's like two hours mm. into it or whatever. <laughs> 
Uh, now I will I, again because this is the talk shit about Ian, who isn't here to defend himself. Podcast. Um, be a great episode. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. Um, I was so I played Persona Three before I played Persona Four. Um, Persona Three is a very very special game to me. I I I played that game in a very tumultuous and difficult period of my life. I wrote an article about it for Pixelkin.org. Um, if people, it was the first uh, or the second article I ever got paid, my second freelance article ever. Um, if people want to go find that and check it out, it's I'm very proud of it. Uh, that game changed my life. Um, and Persona Three, if I had to like list it out, Persona Three is probably my second favorite game of all time. Um, second only to four. I love that game, and I you know I don't know what version Ian is playing. I got I hope he's not playing Persona Three Portable. Um, mm-hmm. which is a cool version of that game, but that game, that version of that game is meant for people who played Persona 3 Fez. And if you play as the... Fe- there, so the cool thing about Persona 3 Portable is you can play as a female character, but that isn't a canon storyline. So you're actually kind of depriving yourself of, like, a canonical Persona, ex- Persona 3 experience, which is dumb... For its own reasons, but again, like that version of that game was made for people who had already played Persona 3. So just a heads up, if you have the opportunity to play Persona 3, you should play it. Play it on the PS2 Classic Persona 3 Fez. It's on PS3. Hopefully someday it'll come to PS4. Um, nice. I, yeah, I love that game a whole lot. Mechanically, it's just far inferior. It's incredible. Uh, to, or which one? Uh, Persona 3 is far inferior mechanically to Persona 4. Yeah. Um, Persona 4 is incredible. I'm I'm very interested to check out Persona 3 to see. It's awesome because Persona 4 seems very unique in terms of mechanics and how the dungeon stuff and the social link stuff like interact with each other. I yeah. I have no idea what Persona 3 is, and so Persona 3 I'm is is, is going to be the same flavor, right? Of like mm-hmm. social links and uh, Persona 3 was the first Persona game with social links. Uh, so social links and uh, you know. Fusing personas and like having personas to make your social links build faster and balancing your day life and it, it's very different. So like in Persona Three, you go uh, the the time you go dungeon crawling is during something called the midnight hour. So you can hang out with a friend and then that night you would go and explore Tartarus, which is the dungeon. Mm. It's just one dungeon that's infinitely uh, goes up and up and up. Um, as the story goes on, you have more and more access to different areas. There's a lot more characters in Persona 3. I think there are nine party members total versus the seven that you get in, uh, well, eight if you include Risei, which you should always include mm. Risei. Um, so there's nine versus, or it might actually be ten in Persona 3 versus the uh, the, the eight you have in four. Um, it's a lot darker. It's a lot more serious. It's a lot more end-of-the-world type stuff. So it's kind of more traditional JRPG. Uh, I kind of like the story a little bit more in Persona 3, but like it just the character really isn't there. Like you can't have a social link with any of your male uh, party members, um, and all of your female social links you have to romance. You there's no like friend option. So that means if you really? do if you do them at the same time, like if you're doing two female social links at once. Um, you have to focus in on one because the other girl will get jealous and will go negative until you finish one or make up with her. Interesting. Which which just is a frustrating thing that they immediately fixed in Persona 4. 
Yeah. Persona oh. Four, I was just I was making out with everybody. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. You can you can do that in Persona Four, and they'll make you the feel bad on Valentine's Day. Yeah. I hope. I mean, I I only had the one the one lady friend in Persona Four, but I had three. But that's because like they don't let you dump people, and so they, like they do not let you break up with people. Yeah, if I could break, because I wanted to break up with Yukiko, so I could go for um, Yumi. Are you familiar with Yumi? Yeah. Oh yeah, you played the game probably quite a few times, so you're probably familiar with everybody. Um, yeah. Yumi is Bay. Really? You're the only person I've ever met that went with yeah. Yumi. I'm a, I'm a Yumi person. She's the the drama club girl, right? Yes. I really like Yumi. Her yeah. story touched me. Like her, um, the stuff with the hospital and her dad and stuff touched yeah. me, and so um, I went with her. But then I ended up going with Risa after, after Yumi. I felt so bad about that, but you should. I mean, yeah. Risa is my is my favorite video game character. So that'll, really? that'll tell you, yeah. Huh. We have to talk about that maybe later, but like maybe later. I, I want to, yeah. I mean, when we can get, when we can talk about spoilers and stuff, and yeah, yeah, um, no, yeah. yeah, it's um, I have like, I mean, I'm I'm the persona guy for a reason. Um, yeah, I yeah, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings. Listen, and I, I'm I'm not trying to make Ian feel. I like, I hope he doesn't feel terrible. I think he's a big dumb stupid face for complaining as much as he did about Persona Four for like literally the dumbest reasons ever. But if you played it and you didn't like it and it wasn't for you, like overall, like no, like. Don't stress about it. Not every game's for everyone. Uh, I think Persona 4 is one of the most approachable Japanese role-playing games that exists. Um, it goes Pokemon, then Persona 4. Pokemon, Chrono Trigger, and Persona 4, the, the the golden trifecta, I think. I still need to play Chrono Trigger. I was talking to somebody on a different podcast. Super it. easy game to get into. Just it's That's what super, yeah. It holds up. And you were saying it's short, too, which makes me really want to try it. it it's about 20 or so hours long. Yeah. Um... You can make it longer. You can make it shorter. People can beat that game in two hours. Um, really? Yeah. They, like, there's basically the main villain of the game. You can fight like immediately. Huh. I don't. I don't think you can actually beat him unless you're on New Game Plus, though. Mm-hmm. But keep that in mind. Yeah, it's cool thing about Chrono Trigger is it has like 28 different endings um, for like different characters and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really cool. Chrono Trigger is a phenomenal game that holds up really, really well. Nice. So you've but, been playing. So I mean, not you've been, but uh, we've been talking about Persona Four, one yeah. of your favorite games of all time, um, or your favorite game of all time actually, and one of, one of my now favorite games of all time after I'm finishing glad. it. I'm really glad um, that you liked it. I, I oh, dude, I game. loved it so much. Yeah, and I mean, we can get into that, but I already kind of talked about all that in the last podcast, and so I don't want to reiterate it. Reiterate yeah. it, but uh, another game that kind of that is kind of the same echelon as Persona Four. A lot of people hold it up there. Um, Recore is another game you've been playing. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I played the first hour or so of Recore. I I wanted to play more of it, but I'm like ah, I'm like right toward the end of Deus Ex. Um, so I'm trying to finish that before I like get full into Recore. I like I I've been excited about Recore since it was announced. It's like you know from the the director of Metroid Prime or like one of the producers or whatever Metroid Prime. I'm like fucking sold. You literally don't have to tell me anything else. I'm sold. Uh, and then, like, you know, it seemed like a cool concept. It's got a female protagonist. Big shout out to that. I love that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, it, it seemed like a cool idea. You got these these robot buddies that hang out. So um, playing through the, the beginning, it's, you know, like I realized when I started playing the game, 
I was like, I don't even know if this game has voice acting. <laughs> like, I don't know anything about this game. I just watched the announcement trailer, which was that cool CD trailer from last year, and then the uh, the trailer, the gameplay trailer from E3 this year, and like that's all I had seen of the game, which was not not a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I got like kind of Ratchet and Clank vibes. It's very much set up like a B tier game, like kind of like a middle tier game, like a PS2 era middle tier game Mm -hmm. and it is that like it's got that feel it's not like super polished it's 40 dollars it has kind of got that budget feel which i like you know it's been a while since i've played anything like that um because that that kind of tier of video game doesn't really exist unless you're like out there buying earth defense force you're not really going to find that game anymore um yeah it's 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 neat right you're this girl named jewel uh, you have a robot dog. And I mean, like, do I have to say anything? <laughs> I mean, the robot dog's name Man. is Mac. Um, it's not really Mega Man. There's just a robot dog. There's just a robot dog. His name is okay. Rush. You can't jump on his back. Um, and like, yeah, you're going through. So I guess Earth is dead or whatever. I don't know. They, they don't really establish it. You're on a planet called Far Eden. You were mm-hmm. sent to Far Eden. In cryogenic sleep, you're told, like, you'll wake up there once, like, the terraforming process is done. Ends up you wake up, terraforming isn't done. Of course something went wrong. Uh, but you wake, woke up because your uh, your carrier ran out of power. And you're like, oh, I got to go find more power. There's all these robots covered in, like, corrosion hanging out. You got you to gotta beat them up. Uh, and I don't know, it's, it's like running, jumping, platforming. It's cool because, like, it's a third-person shooter, right? Um, but you just hold the left trigger and it locks onto whatever, and you hold the right trigger and it shoots. Like, so there's not like a lot of thought to the shooting. It's more of like when you're fighting the really tough enemies that take a lot of damage to hit, and they have like cores in them, like these spheres. You have to dodge in and out of their their bullets. Uh, you're shooting them, and then when you weaken them enough, you can shoot like this grappling hook and rip their core out. Um, and then you can use that for like crafting and stuff. Uh, so far, it, it definitely feels like a little bit of exploration is going to be a big part of it. And, and like, you're leveling up. Your weapons are getting stronger. You're crafting. You can craft new components for your... Um, your I'm trying to think what the... Core bots, that's what they're called. Um, so, Mac, your dog, is, is the first core bot that you have. And he's a dog core bot. Which, I guess, like... <laughs> He's a dog, pretty much. You can have you can tell him to sniff like search an area for secret items. I heard that like the the, the bots in Portal Two, the um, what were they called? Like what was Wheatley? Um, it's something similar to core bots, uh, personality cores. I think yeah, is what it is. I heard they're kind of like that. Is that true? I mean, not really, because they, like they don't talk. Um, okay. they do talk, but they talk in like an alien language that only Jewel can understand. The player can't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they definitely have personality. Uh, at least like, again, I've only played the, the prologue, so I've only seen Mac, the first one, but I, obviously people have seen the other ones uh, out there. Um, so I, I'm like, I'm really curious. It, like it feels good. Uh, it, it looks gorgeous. Uh, and I don't know, it, it just seems like a really cool video game. And like, yeah, like I get the, the Raj and Clank, the B tier, like the, the kind of more budget game feel 
and all that like works for it. It all yeah. it knows what it is. It's not trying to be something else, and it, it's it's fun. Like I've yeah. been, I mean, Ratchet I had and Clank fun with it. was incredible, and so yeah. I have no like doubt that this could come out and be pretty good. Though I'm hearing mixed things about it. Apparently, so, it takes like a nosedive in the the last quarter of the game. Mm-hmm. That's what I've heard specifically from George Cruz, which is uh, one of the writers for RationalPassions.com. So I don't know. We're gonna find out though. I'm gonna try and finish Deus Ex, and then I'm gonna try and focus in on this. Nice. Uh, what's Alex Talks? Alex Talks is a project I've been working on for a while. Have you Have you seen any of my tweet my tweets teasing? I've been seeing yeah, I've been seeing your tweets. I've been very. I'm actually kind of excited for it because I'm really interested to see what it is. It's It's cool. I uh, I mean, I I feel like it's not it's not too preemptive to say that people will know what it is. On September 26th, they will have a better idea of what it is. Then, I did um I I did a show called Alex Talks. Uh, I had two seasons of it is what I called it. Uh, season one, season two. It's like a video, kind of like a video one man podcast. Uh, that was you know just me kind of talking about topics. In season one, it was me just doing topics. Sometimes I had a couple of the other folks from Rational Passions on it. It was very like low budget. If you go back and watch it, it's you know all of Alex talks was originally it was off the cuff, um, mm-hmm. and it was just me kind of spitballing about certain topics that I cared about or whatever. Season two, I did like two episodes a week for like so long, like like four months or whatever. So it was like there's like fifty episodes of season two of uh, like one I would do like the traditional talk topic, and the other I would do like response to to comments or or feedback or other things um and now season three is i'm calling season three of alex talks and people can watch all of these older episodes on youtube.com forward slash irrational passions um season three i've been working on in some way or another for about a year and a half uh it's been in like full production since uh the beginning of august when i got all the equipment but i got all this equipment I got like a new microphone and everything for it. It's like, I'm going full out. This is going to be like, I'm in my head, like and casually to my friends, I'm calling it my magnum opus. Uh, I've been writing scripts for it. So it will be a pre-written show. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe some ad lib in there. Um, and some of the scripts that I've written, I've written about six episodes now. Um, some of the stuff that I've written is like some of the best critical video game stuff i've ever written in my life wow nice Um, i'm excited to see it and it yeah it's it's gonna be a video show that's gonna start by the end of this month and like i said uh people will you'll be able to know what it is in some way shape or form on the 26th of september uh which is right around the corner and if if people stay tuned to my twitter on that day they'll, they'll see but yeah that like predominantly takes up most of my time like with that in like production, pre-production, post-production, whatever, uh, that is like cutting into my game time so much. But it's cool. Like, I mean, it's cool to hear you're working on a video show. Mm-hmm. But this is yeah. like, for me, this is combining all of my my skills, like writing, video, audio, uh, and hopefully it's it doesn't. I I'm in the same boat of like, God, I hope this doesn't suck. Uh, I've been putting out hints and teases, but like what I'm going to put out soon is going to, 
I've, I've shared it with some people and it like blew them away. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. Dude, I'm I'm hyped for it. It sounds because so far from what I'm gathering, it sounds like you're putting a lot more work into into your video than I am to my video series. <laughs> but like, I think mine is probably gonna be kind of a, a similar thing. Except the way I, the way I work is I try to do the most with as least effort as possible. And yeah. so yeah, <laughs> that's sort of just just my style. And sometimes it works. Sometimes I have to scrap it. But so far, I mean, I for for the lazy person that I am, and I'm a very lazy person. Hell yeah! I put in a lot of work into this, and so uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But I'm I'm very excited to see yours because you're you're actually putting actual work into yours. <laughs> this while is like I'm just like doing. Like, I've ne- I've never work. worked harder on a single project than I have for this. Nice. Of like, uh, I've got like 120 gigabytes of like test footage, trying different things and, and stuff on my computer. I uh, and like. And it's sad because I every time I I tweet about it, I'm like I don't want to overhype this, but this is definitely the best that I've ever worked on, and it totally is. Uh, just because of like the amount I'm putting into it, I'm definitely not going to get that amount back, like or out of it. Like I'm not going to make money or anything on this, but like I know watching like what it is and and how it's coming together, uh, I know it, it is a level of of something that I've never made before. I'm calling it a video editorial series. Um, mm. So, like, that'll give you an idea of, like, how the subject matter is, ha- like, approached. Um, but it's, you know, it's still going to be topical. It's just going to be more specific and more um, thought out as far as, like, me talking about something. Nice. Dude, we're an hour into this podcast, and we're now just getting into the second segment. And so uh, this is going to be a long episode. I told uh, you, man. Strap in. It's a good episode. Oh yeah. Let's I'm just, just talking about itself. myself now too. It's just, it's, this is the worst <laughs> podcast. I mean, let's just let's, we can talk about whatever, dude. I mean, it's not like it's not like I get paid to do this, and so we can literally just sit here and fart into our microphones for two hours, and I'll be fine <laughs> with it. <laughs> I mean, so, you offered. <laughs> so uh, we are jumping in to the next segment, topics, um, a new segment um, for the new format, and so. I'll go first with my topic, and my topic has to do with Sony. And so, uh, when Sony, I read this, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> because hey, it's, Sony, it's exactly you okay, <laughs> Yeah. So, for those listening, I we're sharing a doc, and in my doc, before my topic, before like the explanation for my topic, just as the title, I put, "Hey, Sony, you okay, bud?" Because that's really how I feel watching Sony for like the last week and for the last couple weeks, and for, I mean, even like we can even extend it to the last few months um sony has been kind of worrying me mr alex o'neill um here's the thing right and i'm just gonna read what i wrote down here sony seems to have had a a few missteps lately uh most notably with the playstation meeting um there's the no man's sky marketing there's the last guardian being delayed again there is the fact that psn has been down a a couple times um within the last week and uh, there's the Fallout mod situation, which is where um, Bethesda basically said that mods are not coming to Fallout 4 and Skyrim. Uh, and they're kind of pointing their fingers at Sony, saying it's Sony's fault that this isn't happening. Um, I'm not even sure if that, if that even is the case, that they're pointing their fingers. Or they're just they're just saying that. Um, Yo, they, I mean, like, man, that, I didn't that read blog post. Did you, you didn't read that blog post? No. I'll pull I've it up. I've been hearing it through the grapevine. Yeah, um, but you keep talking. But my whole topic is basically how how do Sony's most recent showings bode for the company? 
and I'm just gonna leave it at that. Like we can talk about it financially. We can talk about it as far as um, public relations. We can talk about it as far as their image as a company. Um, whatever. I mean, I don't know if it's, if it's an extreme thing or if it's not an extreme thing. I'm very open as far as what this topic is and how we approach this topic and what exactly we're talking about. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, right off the bat, I, I think... So let's start about let's talk about the PlayStation meeting. The PlayStation meeting was a train wreck. It was pretty it was pretty bad, in my opinion. Well, let me um, let me let me read you this um Okay. This post. This was um posted on Bethesda's official blog. So like this is directly from Bethesda Softworks. Bethesda Studios, whatever the hell they're called. And the, the title of the blog post is PS4 mod updates. Uh two paragraphs and a sentence. It says, after months of discussion with Sony, we regret to say that while we have long been ready to offer mod support on PlayStation 4, Sony has informed us that they will not approve user mods the way they should work, where users can do anything they want for either Fallout 4 or Skyrim Special Edition. Like you, we are disappointed by Sony's decision, given the considerable time and effort we have put into this project and the amount of time our fans have waited for mod support to arrive. We consider this an important initiative, and we hope to find other ways user mods can be available on our PlayStation audience. However, until Sony will allow us to offer proper mod support for PlayStation 4, that content for Fallout 4 and Skyrim on PlayStation 4 will not be available. We will provide an update if and when the situation changes. Nice. Straight up, like, so, middle finger. So they finger. are finger-pointing, yeah. Like... Yeah, that's that's, pretty, that's, that's the most late. ridiculous thing, like calling out of like a first party console developer I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, it's almost like when um when uh Jeff Keighley came out in during the Game Awards and, and said fucking up. Tore, <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. And then lit a cigar with a hundred dollar bill, <laughs> and then just didn't even drop his mic. He just threw it at the ground as hard as he could and created. A- <laughs> yeah, like just. Yeah, it's it's ruthless. finger pointing to a level of like they very rarely happens in any business ever, but seems to happen in video games pretty often. Yeah, which is what I, which I love actually. That's something it's that's super great to video games that I absolutely love. Is it's that, why like, video games are the rest the pro wrestling of like of entertainment and media. Yeah, like yeah, I I, I love I love that spirit about the industry. But yeah, so. Things have been happening with Sony, and Man, that PlayStation meeting was rough. No, no one's gonna disagree with you on that one. Yeah, um, I I think the see, I just I just let out an audible sigh because like I was I was gonna say like I I think the PS4 Pro and the PS4 Slim are fine, like they're like new whatever, yeah, whatever, like, yeah. You know. Um, but even 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 like talking about the technology themselves, I do think that it's it seems like they're responding. Um, to the Xbox Xbox One S with two different consoles, um, because the PS4 Pro definitely is not competing with the Xbox Scorpio. It mm. seems like, as far as what we know, um, it seems like the Xbox Scorpio is gonna be way more powerful than what the PS4 Pro is. Um, and the PS4 yeah. Pro just this does seem like mainly a 4K device, uh, which it many of the features present in the, in the PS4 Pro seem to be present in the Xbox One S, which is already out in is cheaper and is slimmer um, than the Xbox One S, um, and so it's I like, mean, we can't. There's no like good excuse for why the PS4 Pro exists. Is is the no. issue right? The, like, the issue is that they're future proofing, and 
I mean, I assume they're. I, th- I assume that's what they're going for. Is that like, 4K TVs are going to be the thing in the future. But I mean, I think in this case, the keyword is the future. People right yeah. now don't really care about 4K. Um, and they're presenting the console like it's something that people kind of care about. I don't know. It's the 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 conference seemed like they're kind of con- they're they're kind of aware that people weren't going to like it and people weren't going to like be feeling it but it seems like something they might have been pressured to do by sony the company as a whole like i feel like it's said about it. it it's giving them too much credit to mm-hmm. to even like say that this was pressure from like the the television brands of sony or whatever like bravia or whatever uh it's just like you you think about it the ps4 pro specs leaked in what march february yeah uh, sometime spring sometime spring this year like almost six months plus ago half a year ago um we knew this thing existed in some form since like february march uh they never this was the first time in any like public facing way they ever addressed it months later right like Indie House, like, shit out an announcement just before E3, just saying, like, the PS4 Pro does exist, or the the up, the new upgraded PlayStation console exists, uh, as they were, like, c- kind of calling it then, and it won't be at E3. That was literally all he said. Um, and then, you know, you, you think about, like, two weeks before this meeting, like, two, three weeks before it, the PS4 Slim was, you know, out. People had it. Some someone reviewed it because they <laughs> bought it and they used it and then they reviewed it and Sony still didn't address it even existed until this conference and this until this meeting. So you think about like months of like just all this time for all of everyone's expectations and rumors to to fly out of control and then they they shit out this lazy, poorly done, poorly performed conference that was so listless and so lifeless yeah. that it, like it, it it made them see, seem like they don't even give a shit about this thing yeah and that's it definitely it. shouldn't have been a console or not a console it definitely shouldn't have been a conference i mean um because should have been blog posts yeah it, sh- it should have been a closed door thing because they they wanted to show off a 4k console um and they're doing it to a bunch of people who are not watching it on 4k yep. like most people like 90 over 90 percent of people are not watching that conference um, in 4K. Which yeah, most not, most of them are probably watching it like 720. Like yeah. on top of like that, like the conference is being streamed. Like I don't even know, I don't even know if I can think of like a, a a network that's like streaming that conference in 4K. And so no, like nobody, no, I don't it think was, anybody. It was only on Twitch, and yeah. Twitch doesn't do 4K. Yeah, and so, so nobody, only people in the room saw anything in 4K. Yeah, and so like it was it was very awkward watching it because they're like. Oh yeah, here is uh, it was Mark Cerny, so he was like, yeah, here is Spider Man swinging through New York City. This is my beautiful voice. 4K, and I'm just watching. And I'm like, oh yeah, that looks just like E3, and yeah, they're right? showing like back to backs of like this is Horizon. Now this is Horizon in 4K. I don't know if they did for Horizon. They did, they did, they did that with some games. They, and I was like, they man. did it with Horizon. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, man, this looks exactly the same. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, I think it's definitely like what folks like Colin Moriarty and Jeff Gersman are out there saying, like it's likely that they have been working on this since late last year. They had done the R and D. 
And by the time the Scorpio was announced, there was like literally no turning back. They had mm-hmm. to put it out, or they'll just take like hundreds of millions of dollars in loss on R and D. So like they had no choice; they had to put it out, and they realized that it was a mistake. The second the Scorpio was announced, the second Microsoft like basically did this, but way way better. Mm-hmm. Um, like when Microsoft announced the Scorpio, I was stoked. Like I was like, man, they're going for it. Like they're they're fucking going yeah. for it. And when Sony announced this, they're like, I all I can think of is like, why why does this exist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I even I even I think I said this on on podcasts. Like when Xbox, um, the Xbox Scorpio was originally announced, I was like, dang, yeah, they're going for it, and that's because it's something that Microsoft needs to do, um, and it's the it's the next step for Microsoft because they're losing the race against Sony. Like Microsoft, like Xboxes are still selling, Xbox Ones are still selling very decently, but compared to the PS4, they're doing horribly. Um, yeah. But, so the the Scorpio is something that they need to do, and so that's why I was like, well, the Neo is necessary because if Xbox One is if Microsoft's putting out the Scorpio, then PlayStation needs a response. But now seeing what the Neo is, they I'm like, like this they isn't did. a response to that. Like Sony could have just like put out the Slim two ninety nine and just been like just ride the gravy train all the way to PlayStation Five. Like they would have been fine. Like because yeah. they they're grand slamming it out of the park right now like they're killing it better than like almost any console like outside of the wii like no consoles sold this well this fast ever mm-hmm. uh and like that's incredible uh and xbox one is still selling like i think a hundred percent better than the 360 was in the equal time so like the xbox one is still like outselling yeah. the 360 by leaps and bounds and imagine that on top of PS4, like it's just yeah, they they it's didn't incredible. have to do this. It's very incredible to see actually how Microsoft has turned around the Xbox, um, in like a public sense. Like I mean, I, the Xbox is always selling, but now I don't think people villainize Microsoft anymore as much no. as they did like when they when the console originally. They launched. root for the underdog, if anything. Yeah, Xbox the Xbox One S also like. It's picked up sales. Like it's, I, I'm pretty sure it's been outselling the PS4 since it's come out. Uh, um, yeah, August or July and August, it is the the number one selling console. Yeah, um, mm. and the console looks great. Um, it's gorgeous. And yeah. so, and yeah, like people, Xbox or Microsoft are they're doing it right now. The, um, like, and, and the best thing, and like, the, I think the thing to learn from that is like Microsoft is doing it right because they're. They they they're winning like as far as sales month to month are going. Obviously, obviously they're not like taking any sales overall, but they they're just like quietly just doing well. Like they're very quietly they're making moves. They continue like Xbox Live is still great. Games with Gold gets better every month. Uh, you know, there's like over 200 backwards compatible games that is like continues yeah. to make that like a ridiculous amazing deal. Um. And they're just quietly just kind of riding it out, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what they need to do, because uh, like they're they're in a good spot. They're selling again. They're selling year over year better than the 360 did, and now they're they're starting to pick up as far as like better in sales month over month in North America. Yeah, and like a uh, and people like them again. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like, and that's why that's why I bring up this topic because like if you look at PlayStation, like. People Once don't again, like, like them anymore. 
yeah people are starting to like not like them anymore mm-hmm. um because yeah there's the there's the playstation meeting um which we could talk about forever there's yeah. uh, ps plus going up in price oh yeah ps plus going up in price uh no man's sky sky's marketing which i feel like i feel like that was I, less on sony's ends yeah like, i feel I like mean, they people, were just trying to stay out of that yeah so. but i mean i i don't know if i've talked about it on this podcast but like i've personally i point the finger at sony for that stuff because i think they kind of took up the reins on that since hello games is a smaller studio um and they're kind of treating it like a they're kind of treating no man's sky like it was a first party game um and all that stuff but like people don't really point i don't think most people even like care um as far as like sony being at fault i think people more care about um sean murray and hello games uh which that's a whole different conversation yeah. uh, to have but uh yeah there's that there is um last guardian being delayed which kind of blows my mind because that's that's more like i that's leans into my topic mm-hmm. um, um which we can segue into in a, in a little bit yeah but go, go ahead and say uh, what you're gonna say but yeah so like my whole i mean my whole topic is basically like the future the future of sony do you think i mean it might be it, it might be a ridiculous question it might be like a huge question um but f- does it seem like microsoft has everything set up at this point to turn the tide come the future maybe even come like the, the release of the scorpio um is score is ps is sony screwing up right now to the extent that like it can wreck them or is it just like a minor like okay well we just made a few missteps we're coming back like because right now like sony's soul is still selling ps4s like hotcakes they still yeah. they, they they're, they're still breaking records everybody still has a playstation um all that stuff but it does this does seem reminiscent reminiscent of 2006 2007 sony yeah um and like the ps2 was a console that sold better than every other console um one of the best selling consoles of all time and then sony followed up with the ps3 um which was not as well received of a console um mm-hmm. as ps2 and i'm thinking like like is sony at all in trouble um with the recent showings because before like in january of this year if you asked me my feelings about sony and if you asked me what i thought about how everybody sw- everybody thought about sony i would be like oh yeah everybody loves sony everybody loves playstation i'm i love playstation i'm, I'm a huge playstation fl- fanboy and stuff like that right now if you ask me like i'm yeah i'm still like a quote-unquote playstation fanboy and all, and all that stuff but as far as public opinion and public perception i feel like it's it's gone down a little bit and that worries me a little bit when it comes to Sony. Mm. I don't, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, it, it's weird. I so one Sony's gonna be fine, right? They're mm-hmm. they're still selling so many goddamn consoles. Like, like especially it's it's been this very short period of back to back bad like PR moves, right? Like it's been like yeah. two three weeks maybe of that. Like if you get the PSX and like you show like Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, or like some big announcement, like people will like forget all about this. Like, mm-hmm. if if in that event that they do for their fans, like no one's gonna be complaining. Um, and like the PS4 will continue to do well independently of the PS4 Pro. I think also of like the Pro could do terribly, but the PS4 will continue to do great, or the Pro could do great, and that's just great for both. Um, but like I've been so questionable of sony's kind of decisions 
all year. Like people love their E3 press conference, but I was really like frustrated with it. Yeah, um, we talked be- about we talked a little bit about this on Pixel Pulse. Yeah, uh, yeah. Of like, of like same feelings. Yeah, of like, hey, you know, here's a bunch of stuff, but like, obviously, none of this is coming out anytime soon. None of yeah. this is 2017. We have no fall game. Like they they have no game for this year except the Last Guardian, which is still coming out this year. Yeah, because it has to. Yeah. Um, but like all the stuff they showed at um their E3 press conference outside of Horizon, like I don't think any of it's coming out next year. Like I don't think God of War is coming out next year. Days Gone's coming out yesterday. Not Knox coming out next year. Like Death Stranding, obviously not coming out next year. They didn't even show the Crash Bandicoot collection. Which is like the only thing that might come out next year, but I see that getting pushed. Like it feels like like what are they doing as far as like making games? Um, yeah. that's my only worry. And I like I definitely think the pendulum is swinging the other way. Microsoft's not going to be able to make a PS3 type recovery this generation. I don't think they won't be able to get to those PS4 numbers at any point. Mm-hmm. But like the the feeling is is definitely falling out of their favor. But. Like I said, that could easily change with like a good PSX or a good E3 press conference. Like they could just do one thing and, and be in the green again. What do you? What effect do you think the Scorpio is going to have when it comes out? Do you think that a lot more people will own an Xbox and sort of it'll kind of even things out as far as ownership of? PS4 it really does Xboxes depend. Because or... like if the if Xbox if Microsoft comes out next year saying like Scorpio is our follow up console to xbox one but games will come out for both for the next year and then scorpio only after that point if that's what they do um maybe we'll see uh it's hard it it depends on how they brand that it depends on if they're going to sell that alongside the xbox one um and it depends on like what their style of selling it is it's still way too early to tell like mm-hmm. obviously the pro doesn't compete with it. Obviously the PS4 doesn't compete with it. Um, I think a big part of the Scorpio is going to be VR as well, uh, which we don't know anything about yet, except that maybe Oculus is going to be the one that that gets paired off with it. The Scorpio is probably going to be five hundred dollars, which is definitely going to be tough for it. But I can't see it being any less. Um, so there there are a lot of questions with that. It's way too early to say. All right, well, Alex, what is your topic? This is this is, is going to be divisive. I think you're going to be you're going to be frustrated with this. <laughs> I like being frustrated. Blessing. We got to stop complaining about video game delays. Okay, well, yeah, I might be frustrated with this one. A little bit. <laughs> we got to get so. over it. Like I think there there's a reality, and again, this is coming from someone. I have a rough understanding, but th- this factors into day one patches as well, which we also need to stop complaining about. Um, he, he here is from what I understand how a day one patch works, right? Um, with a physical release game, which is most games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or or at least most games that people complain about. Um, you. At some point, you have to submit a build of your game to certification to get printed to a disc uh, to then get shipped to store, right? So you have to submit this certification 
months before the actual release date, right? Because the, it takes time. People have to go through the build. Uh, they have to make sure it's acceptable to an acceptable standard. Uh, and then they'll pass it. That'll take a, months. And then they'll start printing it. Then they'll start packaging it. And then they'll start shipping it. And then you can start selling it, right? Let's say, just for an example's sake, Blessing, let's say this takes three months. Three months, you submit. And then from that day, three months later, is the day it goes on sale on store shelves, correct? Let's just mm-hmm. use that as an example. When people make video games, they factor this in. And that three months after they submit that build is the three months that they use to develop the day one patch, which will then be available to people they've released, right? The, this is factored into the game development, right? This isn't like a, we're making a day one patch because uh, our game is broken and, and it was going to ship broken and we were going to be okay with that. No, we're making a day one patch. And we're factoring this time it takes to develop that because we have to send this off to certification. And we, as game developers, want you to get our game as soon as you possibly can because obviously people are raging on the internet because it's not out yet. Like they are making these massive day one patches and developing things in this way and factoring these extra months to develop a day one patch for a a build of the game they know is not going to be the best build so that they can get it to people as early as they can get it to them. Like, that is how video game development works, from what I understand. There are huge day one patches because the game was submitted months beforehand, and they want to get it to you as soon as you can get it. Like, they're they're trying to do this for the consumer. Um, and also to, to hit certain windows, of like holiday and, and whatnot. So, like, that that is, like, a thing that is factored in. So when delays happen, it's because you need more time for cert. You need more time for making that patch. Uh, you need more time for crushing bugs. Like it's, it's never because we hate you. <laughs> like, does that make mm-hmm. sense? It's never yeah. because like we want to disappoint people. It's because we want to make this thing better. And like, I'm like, I'm over games being delayed. Sure. Um, but like, I'm also over, like, why do people get angry about it? Like, why do you get angry when a game is delayed blessing just cause you can't have it sooner? So I get angry. I think most people get angry because they can't have it and they really want the game. Mm-hmm. I get angry because I feel like it's irresponsibility, um, on the part of whoever's marketing the game and whoever's advertising the game and whoever. And mm-hmm. I think I have, I have a big problem with announce dates, um, or an- announcing a game um, too early, yeah, and I, I and I think that kind of factors in uh, to the fact that people get kind of anxious and get kind of angry when a game's delayed. Like when you mm-hmm. see a game like um, Last Guardian, for example, a game that was announced like ten years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I'm, this is a very special case because, well, I was going to say this doesn't really happen, but it also happened with Final Fantasy Fifteen, which is another game that was an- announced ten years ago, but when when games are announced too early um announced years in advance two three years in advance or four years in advance who knows um i feel like people are already waiting forever um and just adding more time to that is it's kind of frustrating and yeah. i mean i know every game can't be fallout 4 and announced six months before 
the release date. But I do think shortening the the not announcing a date and not announcing um when I mean not announcing an exact date until you know you can hit that date goes a long way. I know it is difficult with certification, but then mm-hmm. I think like I don't know, is there a way to change the certification process? Is there a way to change Probably not. like <laughs> uh yeah, I mean I don't know. I think I, I, I don't think it's on consumers to be the ones who have to like put up with games being delayed. I think there's something in the process of developing a game or marketing a game or certifying a game that needs to be changed so that it happens this happens less because I do feel like games are delayed a lot, especially during this generation. Like there are This generation's are definitely like, been very specific. There's been a lot of yeah. delays. Yeah. And I do think it I mean, it might have to do with, do with the issue um, in certification. I, I I do think some of it has to do with announcing game too early. I also, because you, I mean, you make a good point of like developers do want to get get the games out there as soon as possible so people can play as soon as possible. Um, but I do think like there's something to be said about maybe finishing or not. I mean, getting close enough to your game, getting close enough to being done developing your game where you know you can release you you can hit a release date um and then announcing release date because mm-hmm. i do think there is i don't know like mark mark marketing is a huge i know developers aren't there to, to hurt consumers um but they are there to sell as many copies as possible and that is done through apparently marketing your game forever mm-hmm. um which i guess i understand and i do think that marketing is damaging the reception of many games and um, making the sting hurt more when a game's delayed. Yeah, for it's, sure. I like, I definitely don't disagree. Like, if you want to have a conversation about how games are announced way too early, we can have that conversation. Like, for sure, no one's disagreeing with anything like that. Like, and I, it's it's a double edged sword too because when people are like, "Well, this should just be more like the movie industry where there are no secrets and you just announce things like right when they start development," it's like, yeah, yeah. but like that video games take. Yeah, video video games take way longer than uh, than like anything else to make anything else, um, any other kind of media at least. And like, yeah. I I agree with that to an extent. I don't think the video game industry needs to be as secretive as it is. It's like way like it's this tradition that has gone way too far in a lot of regards. Um, like I actually, oh, go, go ahead, ahead. Sorry, I, was, I actually feel the opposite way. Uh, I was having this conversation with. Uh, the homie Brian uh, Kessinger who works at um, a developer in Chicago that I can't think of the name of right now but NetherRealm uh, yeah he works at NetherRealm and uh, we were basically having a back and forth on Twitter and my thing was that uh, with the No Man's Sky stuff apparently Patrick Klepik I want to say was or Jason Schreier one of the two I think it was Jason Schreier was talking about how he felt like at PAX game developers seemed like one, they're scared by the No Man's Sky situation. Uh, two, yeah. it seemed like a lot of de- developers were leaning towards now now uh, announcing their games. The Fallout model, yeah, 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 exactly. And that I'm I'm very happy for, and I want that to happen because I um I'm I, like we don't know that we don't know whether Red Dead Redemption Redemption exists. We all think it does, um, and we are pretty sure it does. And I'm I mean. It, does, it would make sense yeah. that Red Dead Redem- or the next Red Dead Redemption exists, or Red Dead Re- Re- eh, Rockstar San Diego has not just been sitting on their asses for like yeah. twelve years. <laughs> and that secrecy, I like because 
I think the only the only people that feel that secrecy are hardcore gamers, like people in the public that don't care too much or might have like a casual love for games. Um, they don't care about the developers being secret, secret, uh, secretive about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they do announce stuff, and I get my friend that's like, "Oh, dude, Final Fantasy is is coming out soon, or coming out in a, in a couple years. That looks awesome." And then it just keeps getting delayed and delayed and delayed. Mm-hmm. Then that pain is felt. If I didn't I know like, that game didn't exist, then I wouldn't feel the pain. I I agree with you to an extent, but like the reality is that the situation is going to turn out more likely to be like the PS4 Slim than it is like the Red Dead Redemption. Right? It's going to be like out there and it's obvious and everyone knows. But Sony awkwardly doesn't address it, and we're just sitting here like, "What are you doing? Like, just announce, like, just be upfront, be honest." Mm-hmm. But like, no, like this this weird tradition, traditional secrecy is it takes hold over everything else, and we can't talk about it because we can't we can't acknowledge that it exists yet. And like, there are people like Rockstar, and there are people like Bethesda, and there are people that will fall out headly long before Bethesda had announced it but uh and there are people like Nintendo obviously Nintendo mm. is the gatekeeper when it comes to secrets um and they can do it right they can keep secrets but most people can't and like I we can't have it both ways right we can't have it where it's like an open-ended industry uh where like we announce things as soon as they start development and people don't complain that they take forever and mm-hmm. we can't have it where things are everything is kept secret um, because nothing is kept secret ever, except mm-hmm. for Nintendo games. That's, I, th- I think the the leaking problem in video games is a fair fair point. Um, it's like I no, just... I, I I still like you know I'm on the the journalistic side of this where like I don't think anyone's doing anything wrong. Like if you're mm-hmm. pursuing a story, you have a good source, and you want to tell the people about it, like do it. Like you're a journalist, yeah, do it. Uh, and like the people that think like Jason Schreier is a bad person for trying to put the truth out there are bad people. As oh, yeah. as Jason Schreier is a freaking he's, like, he's like, doing God's work. Yeah. He's a G I don't know how he does it. I mean, I know how he does his connections, but like, <laughs> man, I don't know how he gets that many connections or how, or it's how like, he does all that stuff. The, the thing is like for as many, like no man's sky is going to get delayed and people get angry at it. They're also like the Patrick Klepek infinity word story where like, the two founders of Infinity Ward were escorted off the premises of their own studio because mm-hmm. of some bullshit that Activision pulled. Like, for as many as, like, there's, like, well, this is dumb. Why are you reporting on this delay and invading this developer's privacy to, like, def- there are equally as many. Why is this happening to this developer? Why are they t- being kicked out of their own studio? Mm-hmm. Why are they being fired from their own studio? Why are they not being paid the the dividends that they had earned? Like yeah. they're they're equal. You can't get one without the other. You got to take both. And if yeah. you if you complain about one and not the other, then you're a hypocrite. And it's just that's reality. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I still would prefer not to know. Um, I mean, I we all would. I, like, there's there's and, nothing like that opening Christmas present morning of E3, right? Yeah, exactly. But now we can't go into E3 without the fucking Microsoft Xbox One S image mm-hmm. and specs being out there like yeah. the day of their conference. Yeah, uh, and so yeah. either the industry needs to get over keeping secrets or get way better at it. Like that's what I'm saying. I feel uh, that. that makes sense. And and delays are a part of that. Like I get it. It's frustrating. And yeah, sure, games are announced too soon. Like probably because people can't keep secrets. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And and maybe that's that's another problem. But like guys, like no one is delaying a game to fuck you or to make you upset. And if like you like if you can't wait a little bit longer, then like come on, like mm-hmm. it, when the last Guardian got delayed, it was for me it was kind of like a wake up call of like I was like I'm not really upset about this. Maybe that's, because that's I, because that's a it's a joke that the last Guardian got delayed. It's true. In Final Fantasy 15. Those I are mean, Final like, Fantasy 15. I wasn't upset about either. It doesn't yeah, look good, I mean, and I I think I can take that stance with confidence. But I'm not upset about. I'm actually happy that Last Guardian got delayed because I can save more money for it. Uh, because I wasn't even planning to buy it because I'm like I don't know if I have sixty bucks to spend on a game that's probably gonna be a seven. But like <laughs> <laughs> the like the fact that it got delayed blew my mind because i'm like how how do these things happen final Fantasy 15 and last it's Guardian. just like you gotta think about and that wasn't a that was not an easy decision to make no like, not at all no one was like no nah, it's fine no just like six weeks it's good no nah, don't worry about it like no one's no one's gonna say anything i'm sure we'll be fine like no one thought that they knew exactly like another thing that people don't get is how like in touch video game developers actually are like mm-hmm. you know, there are like there is a programmer for the Last Guardian out there who follows probably a bunch of games journalists on Twitter and sees everything that all the shit that they say about this delay. They see every, they see all of it, and it's just some programmer that you'll see, you'll probably totally forget his name in the credits of that game. <laughs> he sees all of it. He's working his ass off on that game. He sees all of it. He knows. No one knows better than that guy. Or the the social media manager, or or the game director, or the designer, or the producer, like they know, and they still made that decision, which tells you that it is a decision that had to be made. Yeah, like, but I, I I mean I still think the fact that that decision had to be made, like it's still there's still something wrong somewhere in the process, and that needs to be rectified. Yeah, I mean, like, whether it's, it's sur- like, there's something weird definitely happening this year. Like, you look at No Man's Sky, Uncharted 4, uh, and The Last Guardian. All of them were delayed by, like, a very weirdly short amount of time, which is not normal mm-hmm. for game delays. Um, so there might be a surf. And, and Final Fantasy 15 but... as well. We, yeah. And that could be related to cert. Like, there could be some weird cert process. A lot of people are speculating that might be related to... Um, in the Final Fantasy Last Guardian situation to PS4 Pro patches. Mm-hmm. In which case that's that's super gross. We'll never know, obviously, ever. Yeah. Um, but like that that'd be a little bit dumber. Um but yeah, I mean th- th- those all being very similar delays of like why why did four games this year, four big games get all get delayed by like specifically four to six weeks? Mm-hmm. And like Uncharted will like the Naughty Dog will tell you, oh, it's because we wanted to make sure it released in all territories at the same time. And No Man's Sky will say, oh, it's just because we wanted to work these bugs. And uh, Square Enix will say, oh, it's because we want to make sure the day one patches in the game. And and Last Guardian folks like Japan Studio will say, oh, it's because we had these, we didn't had anticipate the number of bugs. But like all those are as cookie cutter excuses as as they come. So yeah. I don't know. I just like we we got to get over it. Like it's not a big deal. It's it's not the end of the world. If you have problems with how video games are marketed, sure, that's fine. But like, come on, guys, don't be fucking babies on the internet. Like, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I do, but I do think the people out there on the internet like you were you were at... not entitled to this game coming out. Like, oh yeah, 
at all. Like you're the not entitled to anything, and you need to get over yourself. The people tweeting at like at pe- like specific people and being like, "Oh, you suck. Oh, why are or you death doing threats, delaying all this like, stuff?" You know, like calm calm down. Um, yeah, do you know dude. why they're delaying the game? They're delaying the game because there's something they need to fix. If they if they if they could get this game out, they would get it out because they no they, no one delayed a game to make it worse. Yeah, yeah. Ever. I mean, there is that famous uh, Miyamoto quote. Where a delayed game, um, or was it something about a delayed game being better in a non? A bad game, game is always bad, but a delayed, a delayed game, game can, yeah. could be good. Something yeah. like that. A delayed game will not be worse. I don't know. Some <laughs> g- look it up on YouTube. Fuse, sure Confucius you say. <laughs> no, it's uh, just like it, it. It's just becoming more and more. And like you know, I've complained about delays in the past. Like I just I've gotten over it because I I understand that like video games are like. There are millions and millions of moving parts in games. Like, you can fix something and break the entire game. Like, you can be trying to fix one thing and break everything else in the process. Like, it's difficult, I understand yeah. that. Like, I get it. It's not easy. And there's not enough empathy in the video game industry to begin with if people are so fucking casually okay with slinging death threats at women mm-hmm. on the internet. So, if, if there's already not enough fucking empathy for, heaven forbid, people... Then like these these people that are out there making these games, like they know. No one knows better than them. So like, you know, don't make them feel worse than they already are when they're just trying to make something good for your entitled piece of shit ass. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't think straight people should up. be entitled. I'm I'm still of two sides with it to where like I'm like, dude, nobody should be entitled or feel entitled to have a game and all this stuff. But also I do think there is a level of accountability to be held. Um, totally. There there's and, accountability yeah. there. And and I think that that draws more to like when you announce this, uh, how honest you are with things. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like you know, for example, Below got delayed, and they're saying like, "Hey, we're not going to announce the delay uh, date because we're going to announce a date when we have a date that we can hit." And I'm like, "Cool, yeah. that's fine. I, like, you're honest, and I appreciate the that." Thi- the sucky thing is that people on the, on the internet most often like suck, and absolutely they'll go out and they'll. Nine. I mean, I won't even say percentage because I don't even know what the percentage would be. But like, a lo- there's a large amount of people out there that go out and just like once again like throw death threats, um, cuss people out, and all that stuff. And that's not how to hold people accountable. Um, no, to, I like, like. I just like my my thing is empathy first, and frustration yeah. second, accountability second. Like, I understand people are supposed to be accountable for their actions and for things like this, but like empathy should still come before you you're trying to hold somebody accountable to something like you should still come at everything from the perspective of like this there's still people behind this like there's still mm-hmm. people that had to make this choice and like yeah. that's not an easy thing and so we're on to the last segment which is questions how many how much how, how, how long have we been doing this podcast it's almost like two, like hours. two hours yeah, yeah. awesome this is gonna be our, our longest podcast so far and you god damn right Congratulations! I, that's right. this is not my first longest podcast of a podcast. So I'll let you know. So, yeah, I got I got you some questions. I pulled them in. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You got like half the questions. So you you were worried. You were like, we're gonna have to get a Yahoo Answers. No, that's what this fucking well, I mean, Google no, Doc says. I, I have that. I have that up for like every single episode because I am worried every single episode I'm not gonna get questions. But then, but then the homies, um, Alex Van Aken comes through. The homie, am I missing a question? Oh no, Bodacious Chase. Yeah, the homie Chase Williams comes through, comes through, and they always provide some questions. Um, funny enough, Barrett 
Cameron and, and uh, or Barry and Cameron, both people who I follow on Twitter, they um they usually don't put in the questions, so I appreciate that. I'm pretty sure that's um that's Alex is doing. Uh, so yeah, very much appreciated. And Pixel Brave for sure. Um, but yeah, let's start off with uh, Chase Williams on Twitter at Bodacious Chase. He asks, which game from last generation has influenced has influenced games on the current gen the most? It's a good question. Very interesting question. Um, Bioshock. Uh, next question. Really, no, just, Bioshock. Uh, it's either Bioshock or Uncharted Two. Um, but you think about like think about games before Bioshock and how many audio logs they had, and then think about games after Bioshock and how many audio logs they had. Hmm. If we want to talk about like just like raw influence, like games now have audio logs because Bioshock had audio logs. Interesting. I say Assassin's Creed. I feel like... Well, is that see, like the first Ubisoft open world game? Is that why you say that? Yeah, I think so. I, th- is that, I think that's the first game with towers. I feel like, like 2. I mean, yeah, but I feel like 2 is more more the structure that gets pulled now. Yeah. Because 1 yeah. was like the same six missions where like 2 is like a like bunch of different side missions and stuff like that. Yeah, because when you look at when you look at Assassin's Creed Two, you do you see the towers, you see the open world structure, you see like a bunch of different things to do. Um, I was gonna say the combat, but more so it would be the Arkham combat that gets apes a lot, um, <laughs> and that that's definitely influenced like a lot of game design. Yeah, but yeah, Arkham think, is a good example, just in general, I think. Yeah, um, but yeah, Assassin's Creed was just the first one to come to mind, uh, and I think that, but it's a good specifically one. Ubisoft game thing. Yeah, because like that, that's a really good one. Yeah, you look at Watch Dogs, Far Cry, um, Shadow yeah. of Mordor, which I don't Fucking, think he was even there. Like, but they're the crew had like towers. Yeah, like they're driving. <laughs> they find ways. Had towers. It, it's like I'm pretty sure they're, they, there's a Ubisoft <laughs> cinematic universe, and totally. like what every world has in common is a tower. There's a game theory on that, man. It's I want to believe. I like I say Uncharted two, not because of like. Now all games have train set pieces or anything like that. I just like mm-hmm. the way that that game delivered storytelling and kind of like taking the movie style storytelling and focus on like think about like ambient between character dialogue hmm. before Uncharted 2 it didn't exist. After Uncharted 2 it's in like everything now. Right? Mm-hmm. Like we're like a character talking to themselves while you're walking through a world. Right? Yeah. Like just like the way Drake does that, he does that in Uncharted 1, but more so in 2, uh, is like, it's in a lot of video games now. So. Fun fact, um, I get I get a lot of hate because I think Uncharted is a bad game. It's a bad I, series. I haven't played 4 yet, do. though. Um, 4 fixes a lot of the... I like. I had a really bad experience with Uncharted 3 uh, and, and ended up not like super liking it. The one I've only played it the one time. I bet like if I went back to it now, I, I'd enjoy it. But like the gameplay experience the that I had with that game ruined the any kind of enjoyment of the story. Um, but four fixes a lot of the gameplay issues in the Uncharted series. Okay. For example, there's less shooting. That's that's a great thing to hear, actually, because I hate the shooting. Um, I don't hate Uncharted it. It's games. it's not the best, but yeah, I don't. I'm not a big fan of third person cover shooters in general. Yeah, um, then... unless it's Grand Theft Auto Five. Um, Man, you want to talk? I, about I know bad that's games. a hilarious, that's a hilarious statement. Um, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> I hate GTA Five. Fun fact about Alex and Neil. 
I have oh, the, dude. maybe the least popular opinion ever of really not liking GTA 5. I feel like a lot of people hate GTA 5. At least a lot of people that that I know like in, no. in this sphere. I, I like... Man, I, I could... That, that's like a conversation that would never end. GTA. Also, yeah. I, I do want to say a uh, game from last generation that influenced all other video games is Dark Souls. Really? I've never played Dark Souls. I played You've never played Dark Souls? A little Souls? bit, but... Okay. No. Dark Souls is cool. It's a cool game. That's like the one game I want remastered, but it'll fucking never happen. I hate it. I was going to say um, Call of Duty. Um, yeah. Just I feel like that inf- has to be a at, now. At, at that point, at this point, uh, that's just influenced mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Call of Duty is a good one. There are plenty, plenty of great call-outs. I can't think of any other like huge ones off the top of my head. I'm sure yeah. I want to. I know there's an indie game that has influenced the indie sphere, but I can't think of what it would be. Maybe, Maybe Journey. I feel like there there are a lot of Journey likes now. Limbo yeah. could could be in that same Games, kind of category. Or, does Gone Home count as last generation? No. It, it didn't come to console. No, it didn't come PS4. to PS3 360, so I feel like it doesn't count. What year did Gone Home come out? Was that 2012, I believe. Because I do feel like, I mean, since I mean it's not necessarily last generation because it was... It's, PC, in, the, it's in that time era. Yeah. But, like, that um, game did, I feel like, inspired so many, um, quote-unquote, walking simulators, whatever you want to call it, um, where you're just walking around kind of experiencing the world and taking things in. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'd, I'd give that one a shout-out. Uh, yeah, next question fair. comes from Alex Van Aken. No. Actually, this yeah, let's just go with this one. Alex Van Aken. Um, <laughs> and he Skipping asks, Ian's question for people's reference. Oh, yeah. Ian's question is why is Persona 3 better than Persona 4? But we've kind of already kind of gone through that earlier in the episode. Persona 3 um, is a great game. Play Persona 3 Fez on the PS2. Oh, nice. Um, I'm thinking about playing it on the Vita. Have you played it on the Vita? Is it good on the Vita? Don't play Persona a, 3 Portable. Port. Just don't do it. Really? It's not, like I said, it's just don't do it. Interesting. That's the one it's, he's it's, playing. It's, I, yeah, and just reiterating how wrong Ian is about everything. Like basically, in for folks' reference and for your reference blessing, since you're considering playing Persona Three, um, Persona Three Portable essentially r- came out after Persona Four, the original PS2 version. It came in like t- 20, 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, it added the mechanical improvements of Persona 4's combat system to Persona Three. Like in the original Persona Three, there's no option to be able to control your party members. For example. Um, which I never played Persona that way anyway. Um, but, uh, and it adds you the ability to play as a female character. But female campaign is not can- canon. Really? And it, it yeah. Uh, and it the Persona 3 portable male campaign is missing a lot of the, the features added in the Persona 3 FES re-release on PS2. So, if you have a PS3... You can get the PS2 classic of Persona 3 Fez and play that, and that's what you should do. Do not play Persona 3 Portable. Plus, Good. you can't walk around like school and stuff in Persona 3 Portable, but you can in Persona 3 Fez. But I can't, I can't play that one on my um on the bus on the way to work. Like I played Figure Persona 4. Figure I beat the entirety of Persona 4, probably ninety percent of it on the bus on the commute. Um, yeah, 
It was, That's great. Yeah, I got blessed memories of that game. Uh, yeah, so Alex Van Aken's question was the fall title uh, that we are looking forward to the most. He's more specifically asking for you, but I'm going to still chime in. Uh, actually, I don't even know if I have an answer anymore because my answer would have been South Park, but it's been delays. It's been delayed? Yeah, delayed into quarter one of next year. Oh, yeah. I feel like this summer was getting a little crowded, so that's that's probably for the best. Yeah. I guess um, Last Guardian, then? Uh, Dishonored 2. Oh, that comes out this year, doesn't it? Actually, oh. actually. so, fun fact about me, I, I meant to write this down. I watched Kingsglaive, Final Fantasy yeah. 15. Uh, Man. <laughs> is, it, is it good, or? Oh, it's bad. No, it's for sure oh, bad. Okay. But it is okay. highly entertaining. Really? Highly entertaining. Now I'm interested. It is... Two hours of nonsense. How does it, it compare to uh, the Evan Children? Seven movie, yeah, Evan Children. It's better, I mean, because it's more modern. It's equally as comprehensible, right? Uh-huh. So it's, it's incomprehensible, which is to say, like, doesn't make any sense. Uh, I loved it, and I hated it. Um, Aaron Paul's in it, yeah, and, and it got me super hype for Final That's Fantasy awesome. Fifteen. Like, I was like drooling at the mouth for that game by the end of that. So it's actually even above Dishonored 2 now, it's probably Final Fantasy 15. Huh. I'm at maximum yeah, height. Man, I forgot about Dishonored 2. I, I wanted to mention earlier about like how I recently discovered like a new genre of game that I Deus realized Ex? was like my favorite genre of, my, uh, genre of game, which is what? yeah, Deus Ex, Dishonored 2, the immersive sim is apparently the official term so for it. So good. Dude. Like imagine Deus Ex, but even better and that's dishonored yeah like this i mean i liked i like i actually human revolution i, I mentioned this earlier actually one of my favorite games one of your favorite um, games yeah yeah and i i played day sex and dishonored day sex i like better but i think okay. i'll probably like dishonored too but more than day sex mankind divided so far it seems it, se- like. it seems to be doing a lot more different whereas mankind divided just seems to be a more refined version of human rev yeah. Which is, there's nothing wrong with, because it's a damn fine video game, but Dishonored 2 seems to be, like, going for it, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, Which is, but I love, I, I love those kinds of games. Yeah, it looks yeah. so good. Dishonored 2 looks phenomenal. Yeah. But Final um, Fantasy 15. Final Fantasy 15. So, Barrett Courtney asks... My, my dude. The homie, uh, what's his Twitter? Banander, Banandler Chong. Banandler Chong, Chong. yeah. Yeah. Uh, he asks, if you can make a game based off of any non-game IP, what would it be? And I wish I thought about this one more. Like, the answer um, that comes into my head immediately, um, and I'm stealing this from a Kotaku article, I think, either either Kotaku or um, Polygon. Uh, they wrote an article about how uh, Trapped in the Closet would make a great Telltale game. Yeah, I was going to think of a Telltale game, too. Yeah, like ever since I heard ever since I heard that idea, that's all I want in a video game is trapped in a closet in Telltale version because I think that would be the perfect game. I don't think you could. I don't think there would be a better game than that. Um, that just that's sounds really good. To me. That's really good. Uh, I mean, yeah, I was trying to work a way into turning Kanye West's life into a video game, but we we all know that would be a masterpiece. Yeah. Uh. Uh, American Horror Story Telltale game was what I was going to say. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, because I, I feel like, you know, because Telltale does their seasons, like you could do anthology with that. 
Um, or you could do like a five episode season where each episode is its own story, like completely mm. separate from one another, which would be also super cool. Um, but I like, yeah, I, for some reason, American Horror Story was the, the one that, that came to mind. I don't like have a lot of non IP IPs that I consume in any regard. So if I could make a Guitar Hero spinoff, called Kanye West Hero and it just came with a microphone that'd be pretty dope and it had uh, to have an auto-tune effect on it whatever you oh, whatever you put into it is always auto-tune like I auto-tune would be going the off fuck on yeah, 808s dude. and Heartbreak like fuck yeah you oh, would dude yeah that's actually that might be all I want in life that, if you didn't know I'm, I'm Kanye West's second biggest fan um, first being Kanye West um, absolutely and, yeah. yeah I would consider yeah. myself like maybe seventh on the list He's definitely like my second favorite artist, though. Kim Kardashian's probably up there. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe in the top five. Probably not, though. Probably not. No, I feel like she she deals with Kanye West enough to to not be a big Kanye West. Fan. Oh yeah, she probably gives. I can I can imagine being Kim, Kim Kardashian, but you know what? Kim Kardashian is also kind of like crazy. So it, oh, I guess totally. it could work. Yeah. yeah. Cameron Abbott asks. Also, my why dude. won't Alex look at me when we make love? Also, what is Alex's relationship? Final Fantasy. I don't know what that means. And which is his fave? Um, it's uh, it's because you're not a gentle lover, Cameron. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but um, my relationship with Final Fantasy, it's weird. I have like a, I have a weird relationship with Final Fantasy. I have a lot of exposure to the the franchise. Right, uh, so like um, my brother Brady, my older brother, I mean both my older brothers are into it, um, but my middle older brother, he played through four, five, and six, so two, three, and four. I think American was what that would technically be, or it might be one, one, two, and three. I don't know. I don't know how the American ones played out, but four, five, and six, he played through, and I watched him play through pretty much all of those games growing up, except for six. My exposure to six was the the least and I, I enjoyed watching them I was too young to like get it or to play it um, so when 7 came out infamous story I, I played Final Fantasy 7 with my mom um, I wrote an article about it also on pixelkin.org just all, bringing up all my pixelkin articles <laughs> this this episode um, you know it's one of my first JRPG experiences is probably why I love the genre so much basically like Again, I'm not... I was young. I was like maybe five or six. Um, and I really wanted to play through Final Fantasy VII. But like I just didn't have the wherewithal or the attention span to read all the dialogue and pay attention. So my mom like read all the dialogue to me and we would play through it together. That way she could also censor the game secretly mm-hmm. for me. Because Barrett's super racist in that game. Oh, um, super racist. <laughs> I love Final Fantasy VII so much. I replayed through it uh, this past year. Phenomenal game. I think it holds up. Not nice. visually, but really what does. Uh, and then I, I tried play to play... i game so many times. Yeah, I, man, and I love I it. I failed so many times. I love it so much. Um, Fun fact, I'm actually, I actually don't like Final Fantasy. The only I Final f- Fantasy game I like is Kingdom Hearts. F- fair. What if Disney, but like anime, though? Oh, perfect idea. I know, right? Like, that's what uh, George Cruz said to me on Twitter this past week. I was like, fuck, that is so accurate, and I love yeah. it. Um, so, love Final Fantasy VII. That's my favorite, hands down. I get people say six. I've tried to get into six multiple times. I just 
blanked off of it. Um, played about halfway or a third of the way through eight this year. Didn't finish it. Maybe I'll go back to it. Uh, never played nine. But my oldest brother, my brother Derek, loves nine. That's his favorite Final Fantasy game. VV is his favorite video game character of all time. Hmm. Um, so I, and I know a lot of people love nine. I gotta try that one's That's the one that I gotta. I gotta try and get into. Um, ten. I I try to get into multiple times. I just like. I think that game is secretly bad, but no one's willing to admit it. Um, eleven's a stupid MMO for stupid adult babbies. Uh, twelve's about politics, so I don't care. Uh, thirteen. I fucking love Final Fantasy thirteen. I played. I played quite a few hours of it, and I could not do it. I like. You know, like I went into Final Fantasy thirteen knowing exactly what it was. It was like it's the Uncharted of JRPGs. I'm like, huh. fucking fucking a. I'm huh. way. I'm all. It's totally what that game is. You think <laughs> that about it. Sense. That's that is exactly what that game is. People went into it with the wrong expectation, and I get it. It is. In a lot of ways, nothing like any other Final Fantasy game. Uh, but also in a lot of ways, exactly like every other Final Fantasy game. <laughs> you know what? It's weird because like I stopped playing that game after like maybe like six hours, six, seven hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I was like, okay, I get it. I don't like Final Fantasy. It's not my thing. Like I don't like the gameplay. I don't. I mean, I can't even put my finger on what I don't like about Final, Fan- Final Fantasy. I guess I just don't like the series. I can't get into it. But I look. I think back at that game. If for some reason I have fond memories of it. Like I think about like the music and like the 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 aesthetic characters. and like how it looked and like mm-hmm. I I wasn't even that into the characters but the characters designs I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's worth revisiting. Maybe I'm, I might revisit it because now I'm now I'm thinking about it, I'm like man, man that seems kind of like cool it, from my it, memory. It is a a very cool game for all the wrong reasons. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, that makes sense. I mean, they ruined it immediately with thirteen two and thirteen three, but. I never played any of those, and for all intents and purposes, they don't exist. So, um, B, I love Final Fantasy Thirteen. It's if you think that game doesn't get good until you're ten hours in, then you're stupid and an adult baby, and I hate you. <laughs> I think that game is great from pretty much the word go. I was all in. I thought it's awesome. Hmm. Uh, I thought it's, I think so it's, I thought a, it's a really cool game. I played through it twice. It's long and it's cool, and I. Bartandalus is a really great name for a villain. Um, and I'm 14 is also a stupid MMO game for Babbies. And I'm really excited about 15, as we've discussed. I'm excited to hear what you think. Because yeah. I want to know if I, because uh, I might try it again, uh, because I like pain, I guess. But yeah, 15, I to w- be fair, seems also very Western. Yeah. Fantasy Which game, is why so. I might like it. it. It looks like. Kingdom Hearts a little bit. Yeah, it's got that action. You know, it was originally directed by Nomura. And, you know, his influence is all over that game. So mm. I also like tried Platinum Demo, and I did not like Platinum Demo. And mm-hmm. so that has me worried. Did you play Disguise? Uh, no. Uh, Disguise, that episode is phenomenal. That okay. was super, super cool. Like, the idea is, you know, like, the, one of the big gameplay hooks is, like... Uh, you run around killing monsters, right? And then you have to set camp. And that's how you mm-hmm. earn the experience for killing those monsters. So you could not camp that night. And bigger, stronger monsters come out at night. And they'll only come out if you don't camp. And then if you stay up throughout the night and beat those monsters and don't die. And then get through another day and then camp. You get like double the experience. 
But if you die before you can camp again, you lose all that experience. So it's kind of like this Dark Souls-esque mechanic. And I, I believe that's how the, the game proper will work as well. And I think that's like such a cool mechanic. And that's basically what Sky was trying to, to introduce to players. Nice. Yeah, uh, it's a our, very cool idea. Our last question comes from Pixel Brave, and it has nothing to do with games. Uh, he asks, he says, met you when you asked me to shoot you dancing in line at Kind of Funny Live 2. What got you into dancing? And he's talking about me. So at Kind of Funny Live 2, um, I was in line, and I was like, yo, Pixel Brave, you got a camera. You like shooting videos. Shoot a video of me dancing, because I like to do things that will get me known by people. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a thing I do, and so I dance. Um, and he got a video of me. Uh, but he asked what got me into dancing, and uh, I'll try to keep it short. And so, uh, when I was in elementary school and middle school, uh, I went to a church um, in Illinois, and uh, there was a bunch of cool people, cool teenagers in that church uh, that could dance. And there was a, our church actually had a dance team for the youth, and it was like a hip hop dance team, and uh, I mean, I mean, if you look back at the videos now, uh, some of the moves were kind of cheesy. But all, all in all, like, I mean, most of the kids were black, and so then they're pretty good. Um, even though the church itself was pretty diverse, it was, it was you could call it a white church, you can call it whatever. It's pretty, it's, it's not like a black black church. It's like a good mixture of people. But yeah, all the cool black kids were on the dance team, and they're killing it. And so fast forward, um, and in elementary school and middle school, I was kind of like, man, I can never be able to do that high school joined the dance team for like the next three years sucked at dancing but i practiced and practiced watched a lot of youtube videos uh mainly because i looked i looked up to the dancers and i wanted to be as good as them um then eventually i wanted to become better than them um kept practicing every single day uh those those were like the two things i did in high school is dance and play video games and so uh yeah watched a lot of dancers watched a lot of um america's best dance crew because it was my favorite show uh practiced and yeah finally got decent around a couple weeks ago and so yeah that's how i got into dancing uh and yeah that's about it that's uh, awesome. alex o'neill oh yeah it is, i mean it is awesome i uh yeah i, I never got into dancing oh so. yeah i was gonna ask you like how did you get into dancing um uh never <laughs> that's how no bless oh, it did we did we meet at any point during kind of funny live too yeah i made you follow me on twitter that's right. That's that was yeah. you. <laughs> I should just act like I didn't. I, I didn't talk to you because um, you were not. You were not the only person to make you follow me. Make really? me follow them on Twitter. You were the first I, person though. So like I I knew who you were or I learned who you were like maybe a week before kind of funny live too, because I saw so through a picture, through what means did you? Did you I find saw a picture of you and Greg Miller. Oh yeah, that's right. Like, when we had yeah, dinner, that infamous picture or. I guess infamous was the wrong word, but uh, I was just talking about the game. But yeah, I saw a picture and I was like, and I was like, who the heck is Alex O'Neill? Because I, I, I've heard of Sean Pitts. I've heard of my homie Alex Van Aken. I've heard of a few people. Single tear rolls uh, down my face. Yeah. But then I was like, I don't know who, who Alex O'Neill is. And he's having he having he's having dinner with Greg Miller. I should see what's up with this guy. And I click your profile. And I see like like you got a bunch of follows from from like kind of funny people, kind of funny fans, and 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 people I know. So I'm like, why don't I know this guy? Uh, and so yeah, I checked out Irrational Passions. I was like, oh, this guy seems like a cool guy. He seems like he's doing a bunch of cool things. And so yeah, that's what I saw. Yeah, that's when I was like, okay, I kind of kind of funny live. I'm eating this dude, and I'm just saying what's up because yeah, I don't know. 
so I said, what's up to you? And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this guy follow me on Twitter. <laughs> so I was like, hey, Alex, follow me on Twitter right now. I'm going to watch you do it, um, which is fun. Yeah. Which is like, it's, a, it's a hilarious moment for me because I, I, I think I came off more uh, aggressive than I meant to. Uh, yeah. But it was but funny. That, that was funny to me. And so it was funny. It was definitely funny. Oh, I wish yeah. we had gotten to talk more uh, than, than just a few brief interactions. But Who were you in line with? Was that Jarrett? Uh, that was Nabishan. Okay. You're Sorry, just confusing all the me. black people <laughs> on irrational passions. <laughs> Whenever I see a black person that's like into games, I'm like, oh, I need to get to know that. You're like, oh, it's got to be the one person, right? The, the, yeah, because I'm like, oh, it's that one guy. I saw him and I was like, oh, that's um, that's freaking Robert Grayson, who's a random guy in the kind of funny, <laughs> kind of funny Facebook group. The, one, the other black guy, one of the Brian, other black guys, Brian Nabishan Jackson. No, Jarrett was not a kind of funny live. Okay. I want to meet Jarrett because he seems like a cool dude. On I've the, I've on the gotten shit faced drunk with Jarrett. He's all right. He's an all right dude. He's all right. I'll let you know. I've done nice. absinthe with with Jarrett. You That's how what? you know absinthe. Is that a drug? What is that? <laughs> it's an alcohol that simulates the feeling of drugs. That's amazing. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'm not too. I'm not too well versed in the. It's also known as drugs. the the Green Fairy. It's not a drug necessarily. It's just an alcohol, but. Man, it'll fuck you up. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, Alex, thank you for joining me on this very long episode of the <laughs> Podcast. I'm I really sorry. Much appreciate it. Um, once again, for those listening, you can you can find him on Irrational Passions, doing passionate things irrationally. Yeah. Um, is that your guys' tagline, or did I just no. make that up? No. Okay. Well, you just there made you go. that up. A freebie. I like how you you were like, is that your tagline? Because I'm pretty sure that is, even though I definitely even just made I it definitely up. Just, it sounds like it's something that would be your tagline. I'm just saying, like maybe um, I could, I, I is maybe it's too easy. Maybe you know? maybe it's too easy. I mean, irrational you know? passions. If you just say that to Greg Miller, he'll scream it at you, and then you get internet famous in some weird way. That's so awesome. Um, it is pretty cool. And where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can follow me at Alfighter27, which spells just like it sounds. Look, uh, stay tuned there. August 26th, or not August 26th, Jesus. September 26th, going to be some cool announcements. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, one it's day a pleasure, dude. I will be as well versus you and be able to talk about why people should not get upset at delays and whatnot. <laughs> um, can't wait Sorry, I might have gone a little hard there. I got a lot of... Oh, no. That's a that's a thing I'm passionate about irrationally. Yeah, so, so exactly. I like I like the fact that you're passionate irrationally, and it it makes you who you are. Um, but yeah, for those listening, remember that this is the OK Beast uh, podcast. Uh, once again, OK Beast is a brand dedicated to games, culture, and looking at how games fit within our culture. The OK Beast podcast is a gaming centric show where a couple of friends come together and talk about what's going on in our world. If you like that, subscribe to us on your podcast service of choice. That is iTunes. That is Google Play. That is going to OKBeast.com and just checking us out and listening to us there because there is a player there. It's not the OKBeast player because I can't afford to make that. But there is a player to which you can listen to the podcast and maybe you're using it right now. And maybe you're like, oh, dude, I knew that. I'm listening to you right now through the player. Uh, and if that's so, that is awesome. Oh, before I forget, make sure to rate us on iTunes because I forget to say this every single episode. Rate us on iTunes because right now we have zero rates which means that people do not know we exist. The more you rate us, the more people might know we exist. I have no idea how the algorithm works, but somehow it does. And so this is the first time I'm asking you guys to rate us on iTunes. If you think we're a one out of five show, go ahead, 
let people know that. If yeah, just make sure uh, you put five stars in it. Make sure you just click the wrong thing and put five stars and let people yeah. know. Don't um, care because, like if you think it's a one out of five show, just click on the five yeah. star and click yes. Just click on that that five and click yes and leave a comment and be like blessing uh needs a girlfriend. Other podcasts we do uh that we started recently, Throne Watch was which is our music podcast where we analyze a different hip hop or pop Game of Thrones every week. Uh, oh, Game uh, of Thrones. Yeah. No, it's uh Watch the Throne <laughs> is what it kinda it's kinda modeled after. So Throne Watch, um the people season two is starting soon and so that how many is- confused game of thrones viewers are going to find that podcast and be like super lost <laughs> they could be like why are they talking about kanye west for three hours <laughs> oh, um, and we also have a youtube and there's a lot of content that's coming to that youtube soon and so subscribe to okay beast on youtube once again thank you for checking us out we will see you next episode peace peace